Coming up on this episode of Bro to Even Talk Pinball, you know that thing that we've been talking about for the last four years? Well, it happened. All that and more, coming right up. Double Super Jackpot! And now, the Hall and Oates of Pinball Podcasting, Nick Lane and Kevin Manny of Buffalo Pinball. Ooh, boom shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Hey. Ha- happy Labor Day to those of you in the United States. Happy Labor Day. Uh, the official end of summer, but it's still, I mean, it's not quite hoodie weather in Buffalo yet, so I'm clinging to the t-shirts for a little longer. Yeah, for those, uh, for those joining us on, on Labor Day live, thank you. Yeah. It's early enough. Hopefully you're going to go out and hopefully you got some good weather and you enjoy your day off, so... Do some grilling, hang out with family. I did all that yeah. yesterday. So, so today, we're talking about pinball because the pinball world decided to, in the last month and a little more, uh, do everything all together. Uh, but before we get to that, why don't we thank our partners? Um, I'll do it this month. How about that? Okay. Um, thank you to our partners, Pin Stadium, the premier sponsor of Buffalo Pinball. Check them out at pinstadium.com. Light up your machine. Make it look great with their app-controlled LED lighting. Use coupon code BUFFALO to save 10%. The Mod Couple, themodcouplepinball.com. If you got a pinball machine and you want to give it your own personal flair, check out themodcouplepinball.com for, for great mods for your pinball machines. If you don't have a pinball machine and you want to buy one, check out flipping out, flippinoutpinball.com. You will not save uh, 10% with coupon code BUFFALO at flipping out, but uh, they have a bunch of pinball machines, brand new, hopefully in stock. They had a uh, Led Zeppelin in stock for Nick, but new pinball machines are tough to come by. So, uh, But Zach will hook you up. And uh, check them out at FlippinOutPinball.com. Pinside, if you want to talk about pinball, you can go to Pinside.com, the uh, award-winning place to uh, learn more about pinball, talk to other pinball owners, and uh, you can review and rank your pinball machines uh, in a totally uh, objective manner uh, over there at Pinside. Jersey Jack Pinball, if you want uh, a great-looking pinball machine with amazing rules and uh, cool lighting, check out Jersey Jack Pinball at JerseyJackPinball.com. Pinball Raffle, if you want to try to win a pinball machine, you can do so at pinballraffle.org. They just gave away another one, so a brand new raffle's open. And check them out. It's a, uh, a charity that supports in their inclusive arcade in Frederick, Maryland. Our good friend Pinball Joe does great things over there. They're a certified autism center. Community Beer Works, we were just down there for our Mandalorian launch party tournament. Pinball is back at CBW, so if you're in the Buffalo area and you want to play some pinball, check out Community Beer Works. You can also drink some great beer there. Uh, Tilt Cycle, got a game room, we have game rooms, if you got a house, if you got a wall, if you got a plug you want to plug some stuff into and make it look cool, check out TiltCycle.com. Dan Burfield takes old pinball parts and recycles them, upcycles them into his amazing modern art, uh, TiltCycle.com. Comet Pinball, you can light up your pinball machines and uh, do it in a, in a way that it, uh, preserves that original look and feel with modern LED lighting. Uh, CometPinball.com, I, I did some... Uh, Comet Pinball LEDing this month that we'll talk about during our game room updates. Pinball Mix. You can take your pinball machine and put whatever music on it that you like. Uh, PinballMix.com will take your music, put it in the machine, and if you use coupon code BUFFALO, it'll save 10% and get a free Easter eggs. And 
our friends at Titan Pinball, they just had to renew their coupon code Buffalo because it had been two years. Uh, apparently, every two years, you have to renew the, the code on their site. So happy anniversary to Titan Pinball. Thanks for being a longtime sponsor of the show. Again, if you're buying uh, silicone rings for your pinball machine to replace those gross rubbers that leave the, the stains on your flippers, get them at Titan Pinball. Use coupon code Buffalo to save 10%. How'd I do, Nick? I think you did good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> good job. All right. Uh, with that, I, I think you know what time it is. Here's the tip. It's the latest pinball news. Show hunt. It's on fire. All right. It's time for the latest pinball news, and we have a lot of news for you this month. Kicking it off with the big one. This is the, the one everybody's been waiting for. Uh, not that one. Not our website. This one. Deep Root Pinball. We're, we're heading over to thinkadvisor.com for a uh, story that reads, The SEC charges San Antonio Advisor in a $58 million investment scam. And who is that but none other than our very own friend Robert Mueller at Deep Root Pinball. Um, so what you need to know. Scamming's easy. <laughs> It is. Nearly, three, nearly 300 investors invested $58 million in the funds. Investors were told that the funds would invest in life insurance policies and deep related businesses. The advisor used some of the money for personal expenses, including two weddings and a divorce. Divorce ain't cheap. <laughs> it's not. Too, too. Hard to believe that this man <laughs> got divorced twice already and is oh. on his third marriage, which it's, is soon to be third divorce, I guess. Weird. Uh so the, the lead of the story uh, says the Securities and Exchange Commission on Friday charged San Antonio-based investment advisors Robert J. Mueller and Deep Root Funds LLC, along with Policy Services, Inc., with defrauding nearly 300 investors of $58 million. According to the SEC order, Mueller and Deep Root persuaded investors, many of whom were retirees, to cash out their annuities and individual retirement accounts that they held with other investment companies and invest in two pooled investment funds that they advise. Mueller and Deep Root told investors the funds, Deep Root 575 Fund LLC and Deep Root Growth Fund, Deep Root Ro- Growth Runs Deep Fund LLC, these are really dumb names by the way, uh, would invest the life insurance policies and Deep Root related businesses to provide pr- relatively safe returns to investors. Um, from at least September 15th to February 2021, Mueller and Deep Root defrauded two investment funds. They advised in nearly 300 people who invested roughly 58 millions in the funds. Uh, Mueller paid himself roughly $1.6 million from 2016 through 2020 using investors' funds. Must be nice. Mueller also used more than $1.5 million of the fund's assets to pay hundreds of personal expenses, including his daughter's private school tuition, vacations with his family, his second wedding, his second divorce, his third wedding, <laughs> jewelry for both his second and third wives, including engagement rings and wedding bands for both wives, other lifestyle spending but and for and by his family and to buy a condominium in Hawaii. Stultz Jordan uh, viewer says, three divorces if you count how divorced he was from reality. <laughs> That's good. It's really good. Uh, when asked by the SEC counsel during investigative testimony about his use of the funds, assets to pay for these personal and family expenses, Mueller asserted his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination. Mueller is a member of the State Bar of Texas. Uh, while defendants raised more than $58 million from investors in the 575 fund and the DRG, DGRD fund, they commingled the money in Deep Root and Policy Services bank accounts and spent less than $10 million to purchase life insurance policies for the fund. So the, people invested $58 million and they only took $10 million of that and actually invested it in the things they Un- said they unbelievable. were going to. Um, the defendants, all, the order continues, also purportedly include life insurance policies as 
assets of the funds that Mueller and policy services had purchased for Mueller's earlier investment funds. Notably, defendants purchased no new insurance policies for the funds after September 2017, despite raising approximately $43 million for the funds wow. after that time. Wow, what a scumbag. Yeah. The order states that the defendants used the vast majority of the fund's assets, virtually all of which came from investors in the 575 fund and the DGRD fund, like a piggy bank. Quote, quote. Quote, like a piggy bank to fund Mueller's deep-affiliated businesses. Uh, you know how disgusting this is? Um, you know, these are people's retirement accounts, 300 people who uh, he stole from, from their retirement. I mean, you think about how important a retirement account is, mm-hmm. right? To fund his stupid pinball business. Yeah, and whatever other funds. Whatever other garbage and nonsense that this loser was doing. Indeed, the Mueller, the order states, quote, funneled more than 30 million of the fund's assets to the relief defendants in non-arm's length transactions whenever he determined the relief defendant businesses had expenses that needed to be paid. And he did so without any analysis as to whether such transfers constituted suitable investments for the fund. So that comes... This story comes to us from Melanie Waddle from uh, thinkadvisor.com. So, wow. I mean, that's a lot to take in. Uh, this came in, I don't know, a, a couple weekends ago. What, what was the date on this story? Uh, August 20th. So, two weekends ago. Uh, basically, I woke up and somebody had found this and posted it on Pinside. And then people started digging into the SEC filing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, this story came up to kind of nicely summarize things. And there's been subsequent coverage of it. But... It was like, on one hand, it was like not a surprise at all. On the other hand, it was a huge surprise, like what depths this guy went to like scam people and defraud people. Um, I don't know. It's like, we, as we've said all along, he, he's, he's come out, he came out firing like th- things are easy. We can handle everything. I went back and I looked through some of his greatest hits and in his interviews. It's just as ridiculous now as it was then. And, you know, we've been saying buy machines that exist wait until this company actually produces something before you buy it. Um, I don't know. And we told you so, I guess, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I, I think we've been saying this stinks since, I think, going as far back as 2017. Because I'm trying to remember the, the first time we would have talked about this. And if somebody wants to dig it up, God bless you, and our <laughs> YouTube videos, I'd love to know. Um, I mean, we were hammering hard on this in by, by 2019, but... I think I, I remember talking on the podcast about how Deep Root was a sponsor of Pinberg. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what idiot sponsors like Pinberg when you don't even, not even close to releasing a game board, you don't have anything. Like, what a waste of money. Like, it just seems so stupid. I remember Robert saying that pinball's easy and slamming like Stern. And I, I don't know if he slammed JGP, but like, you know, he had it all figured out. So, you know, it, it stunk then and it really stinks now. And, um, Part of part of me was like, like, well, we we did tell you so, and we try to help people, and I hopefully nobody who's a regular viewer listener was ever in on this stupid product. Um, non regular vis- listeners, viewers, that's your. It's a, I don't know. It's a, it's up to you at this point. I'm I'm, I'm just joking. I, I hate to see anybody who got defrauded by this monster, but um, yeah, I'm I'm glad we were in line with reality. We saw it a mile away in terms of of what a joke this guy is, and uh. It's just sad, man. It's just um, it's such a such a bad mark on pinball, right? There's so much negative negative stuff that's involved in this, and um, I can't wait till we're, we're kind of done with Deep Root. I, I think that you know for the next few podcasts, there's probably gonna be more information. We'll talk about it, but a year from now, hopefully, we just wiped ourselves with the stink that is Deep Root. Even just 
the amount of time that we have to talk about this is just so bad. Yeah. You know, 300 people who, who were scammed out of their money, um, the negative impact that it's on, it had on pinball, everything surrounding it. I, 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 now, like, now it's just sad. Like, we had our fun talking about the haikus. We kind of just hammered on it, warning people. We, we saw how bad this was to an extent, mm-hmm. right? It's even worse in some ways. You knew that when he's saying he was spending almost a million dollars a month. Like, nothing added up, right? Nothing made sense that this guy said. Um, so he was either lying, but you saw that he was paying people. He, he was in operation for years about producing a product. So something was going on. You knew it made, didn't make any sense. You knew how could he have this much money, and well, there you go. And you know when Dennis Norman pieces out, that stuff's about to go south. And he's, he's kind of like the canary in the coal mine, right? Like yeah. Dennis Norman's like, eh, don't like what I'm seeing here. We'll see you guys. So many people. Somewhere else. Over at American Pinball. <laughs> he's going to be over there. Did now. you ever watch his... Um his videos from like December where he had those, uh, uh, the pinball media people. Yeah. Not us. We weren't invited because <laughs> he knows better. Rudy soup was invited though. <laughs> we, but that was back when they were going to do a thing at, uh, could you imagine going down there and saying you can't talk about it and just being a puppet for his, like kind of like endorsing him by having these people like, look at all these people down here. Like, yeah, yeah. Like what, what it's an it, implied endorsement for sure. It is an implied endorsement. That's why you don't get ripped up. I'm like, I, I know like the temptation to be like, Oh, I want to be part of this. Like you don't like, have you watched those videos? I watched, I watched the like 15 minutes video about his bot. The box. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> I watched it like in the last two weeks. And, um, did you watch it recently or at the time? I watched it at the time, and then I went back. I watched a little bit of it recently. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. dude, his box is so. This is just so. This is so stupid. This is like, this. There's a documentary somewhere, and he did even had a documentary crew, just like a true narcissist and yeah. sociopath. He <laughs> I was, was wa- documenting this. Stuff. I was watching the uh, the Delorean documentary. Oh yeah, and, yeah, I mean, and yeah. He had a documentary crew following him around. Oh too. yeah, that's why they had all this footage. These guys are so like, and you got the Elizabeth Holmes trial yep, going on now, yep, which yep. we likened Robert to Elizabeth Holmes <laughs> for for years now. Yep. Uh, it's all it's all coming to fruition. Yeah, but like for those who don't know, go watch the Deep Root Box video where he's talking about like he. I don't even know where to begin, Kevin. I'm getting like tongue tied. Like, <laughs> There's so much to get. Through. First of all, shipping pinballs is not really a problem that anybody needs to solve. Like it's fine. Like mm-hmm. I've taken delivery of games, and not a single game has been damaged by the delivery process. It happens, yeah, but it the, happens. The, it's usually a fork with ramming into it, but you're taken care of. Like you're right. not on the hook for that. The, um, uh, the shipping company is responsible for that. And he, then the, the the manufacturer has to go through, jump through the some hoops, but they just ship you a new game. Yeah, he over engineered. I mean, there's insurance on it, right? It's usually the shipping company pays for it ultimately. He over-engineered this 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 crate, this like wooden crate, which God knows how much money it added to the cost of it. Not only the the production of the crate, but the the heft in shipping, like the mm-hmm. weight increases. And then what do you do? You get this weight that can like not really fit through a doorway, and you're stuck with this crate. Oh, you, where am I going to store it? Like it's just a it's just a problem. It's so stupid. Like this idiot. You just like you just see that this idiot doesn't know what he's talking about. And then you watch the pinball media just kind of like witnessing it unfold. <laughs> then he takes some. Do you see the other video? Well, let, I, before we move on from the box, the, the thing about the box is like he didn't invent that. It's, it was an existing product that he found. And he, they just like stamped their uh, deeper logo on the side. Oh, so, that's so this dumb. This thing already existed. This looks like a mockumentary. Yeah. Like you're just like in disbelief that this is reality. Um, and then do you see the other video where they're like he's showing something off like a no good gophers but he yeah, couldn't, I, like I couldn't even make my way through the video. I still didn't even know what I was watching. <laughs> He's talking about the total pinball ownership experience and all this crap. Yeah. Like, oh God, he flew so all bad. these people down for like a non-working game. He's showing them a box and he's showing them a no good gophers. And he's like, oh, we're going to reveal this 
Um, they really want us to reveal this at um, uh, the Pinball uh, Expo or something. Like, just blown. I had to turn it off. Like, <laughs> it is just so painfully stupid. Yeah, it, it's really bad. He and- never had anything, too. Like, that's the crazy thing. It's not like he had... He, there's not like the tragedy in here is like he had a really good product or something that won't see the light of day or like oh it's really too bad because at least he, he made something that was really good he had a really good game like no this is just all crap all along all garbage yeah best thing about that game was the art on it you know <laughs> it uh I, although I'm sure there'll be somebody who's like ooh we have to resurrect this game and save it from the ashes of like like he didn't learn the first time around from J-pop trying to make Raza and then he stole all your money and then he goes over to to Deep Root and they steal all your money and then just just let it go people let it go uh, so do you think how how long until another company starts up like this it takes pre-order money for a machine that doesn't exist i mean it's already happening with uh the uh the Celts guys right yeah, I mean, like you think that this is this is the death blow of it, right? You would think and hope, but there just seems to be no end to the to the nonsense. Yeah, like stop doing it this way. Stop doing this. Don't ever give money to anybody. This is our our official show recommendation. Don't give money to a product that hasn't been produced yet. Period. Especially from a company that is a startup that hasn't produced anything yet. Yeah, yeah. and like even when they do produce games, these startups, like those games are plagued usually with a lot of problems mm-hmm. um, because it's not easy to make pinball and you're basically a beta tester when you buy their first game even if you have it you're buying a lot of problems too so even even with established manufacturers you don't know what the code's going to be like from a game from the start they've gotten a lot better like CERN definitely has gotten a lot better at updating code but it might might not be fun to you you know (laughs) I'll say I said it before and I'll say it again my official recommendation buy a game after it's been out for like six months then you know, even like you said, even with the established manufacturers, there's usually issues with the first few games produced or the first couple months, and then so there's there's still tweaking going on. There's code work being done. Make sure you buy a game that you know is is you've you've minimized the chance of of significant issues, right? Or you can at least anticipate the issues and know um, going into your purchase what you have to deal with. Yeah, and it's I think part of the problem is the just the pinball market right now. The demand is so high. And the supply is so low that people are just going nuts and dry, throwing money at whatever whatever comes out. So it's like, they don't care. I just want something new. It's available. I'm going to buy it, whatever. And then because the market's so crazy, I don't care is if I can sell, turn around and sell it. Used games have been selling more for the new in-box games, which never used to happen, right? You used to open the box and take a $500 hit because it was used now. Uh, and now it's like the opposite. It's like, oh, you have a game immediately. I'll pay you more for it rather than having to wait for it from the manufacturer. Yeah, well, this is not good. I mean, this is this is not good because it's not like the economy's booming in a in a way that makes sense. I mean, we got the world's got hit with a pandemic. There's supply shortages. Like, this is not good when when prices are going up. So things are out of whack with reality. Um, I don't know where the dust. I don't know when or where the dust settles, but I don't I don't think it's good. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's good. I think a reckoning's coming, but hopefully I'm wrong. All right, I think that's enough for uh, for deeper right now. But I'm sorry to everybody who uh, lost some money. Some folks were able to get like chargebacks on their credit cards. Do you and feel stuff. how bad do you feel for people at this point who were in on deep root after like you know uh, like a decade long of just seeing like these scams and J-pop being involved in the mix? Like, yeah. I feel more compassion. Like, it's like I'm not a monster, but like there's like um, a range of sympathy for people who maybe got maybe got scammed by like j-pop originally he was like the original scam yeah, yeah. right when like j-pop then it went um Kevin skippy chippy yeah. <laughs> then it went like um the, um big lebowski mm-hmm. was kind of around that time 
and you know, I feel really bad for the big Lebowski people. I was close to it. Um, at least they're still sort of, I, I don't know. Anyways. And then you have, then you have deep root, but like deep root is like, we've been, people have been, it's not like just us. I mean, it's now. just like, yeah, you should know by now. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not a monster. Like, it's not like I don't feel bad at all, but at the same time, it's like, man, you just like stuck your finger in the plug. Like, yeah. what what more warning do you need? Yeah, I think part of the problem is too is like you've always got new people getting into the hobby that don't know the history of a lot of this stuff and haven't seen the previous scams, and they just say, "Oh, those are the people." Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get that. So don't, that's fair, Kevin. Don't, buy games that it, it exists. Uh, don't buy it from uh, J-pop. There you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we're going to be talking about it. I'm sure it's five years from now, um, there'll be a new scam or somebody, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. All right. Well, that leads us into our next uh, our next story, which means uh, this is what you can pinball is taking a hiatus. And it's related to the Deep Root stuff. So this came out August 30th. The Deep Root stink, man. You yeah, can smell the stink all the way in Buffalo. Like, that's yeah. how bad this this is. And Jeff and, and these, this week in pinball have been working together. Like, Jeff had an ongoing thing where um you know they were promising uh, to give away one pin from each of the deeper designers oh, to really? people who supported him on uh patreon and stuff oh wow it's still on his site like if you go into the history you can, you can find that stuff so and then he's done a lot of coverage of him and stuff but um uh let's get to the get to the nut graph here uh over the past several months, I've tried to spend less time on this website due to real life stuff. During that time, I've been brainstorming how to spend less time on the website and increase revenue to make this week in pinball more sustainable long term. Our income has come from the folks in the pinball community. Thank you. And most of that income has been pumped back into the websites and brands that the Twippy Award Show to and the Twippy Award Show to improve our products and content. Uh, last year we broke even for the year. Uh, a couple formatting changes, blah blah blah. Put that on hold. In the recent weeks, as, as you've seen, as I'm sure you've seen, the Securities and Exchange Commission charged Robert Mueller and entities under the Deep Root umbrella, including Deep Root Pinball, in a $58 million investment scam, which we just talked about. I've been working on a massive article about the Deep Root, similar to the one I did about the fall of Highway Pinball. Uh, Deep Root's been controversial. Uh, from the moment they came into the pinball scene, they were the definition of talking the talk before they walked the walk. They made huge claims. They did not take any pre-order money. Well, at first, and then they did. Um, they made huge claims. Uh, let's see. They, they promised to make Zidware customers whole. They also sponsored and advertised through many, many entities in pinball, including tournaments like Pinberg, pinball shows like TPF, IFPA, several content creators, including Twip, and many others. I ended the sponsoring and advertising when they started to take, start taking pre-order money from customers. Um, oh, thanks, Donnie. Um, Monetizing Twip has always been a struggle, and the optics of being sponsored by manufacturers or other pinball companies in this small community has always been a concern. I cover my thoughts on it more in this article from 2019. Uh, all right, so here's what... Uh, let's see. Okay, so I keep notes on information I've heard about from all, all pinball manufacturers. My notes are separated in a few different sections, but the big two are public stuff, for example, rumors from podcasts on upcoming titles and private stuff, Stuff I was told off the record or in confidence. The private stuff is not shared until either one, it becomes public from someone else, or two, that person told me the information in confidence and gives me the go-ahead to share it. In working through the timeline of the article about the fall of Deep Root, I was going through the undated notes, I think from the end of 2020, from a weird phone call I had with Robert. It was sometime after the failed launch in September 2020. I had only talked to Robert on the phone a few times, so I was hoping for a big positive update. 
My notes from the call were mostly about the fact that they were going to start taking pre-order money. One of the notes that said he mentioned FCC official investigation. He shared some of the worst case scenario stuff, but was confident that the pinball venture would succeed. I had made some additional notes that Robert explained that the FCC would likely find Debrew and there was a small likelihood of a temporary shutdown. It is clear that the FCC meant SEC and that I had not heard him correctly. He also shared some updates of the development of the machines. My biggest takeaway from the conversation was that they were starting to take pre-order money non-refundable. After the phone call, I had a friend. I called a friend, and that person added a second person to the call. I don't remember what all we talked about, but I told them that the, about the call that TWIP was cutting all ties with Deeper because of the pre-order money. Over the last few weeks, I've been getting some anonymous cryptic messages that borderline on blackmail. This weekend, as I was researching the article and contacting people about it, the threats ramped up. People threatening to destroy TWIP and that they had, quote, information. The only thing I can think of is that it is linked to the phone call. Maybe I should have handled things differently and dug deeper, investigated, tried to investigate, and tried to get some facts on it and try to report on it. Maybe I shouldn't have done any interviews with them or reported when they did other interviews. I'm definitely not perfect and have made a lot of mistakes with TWIP and learned from them. This whole deep root scam has just made me sick. My policy for TWIP has always been to, as much as possible, cover everyone and everything, but maybe that is not the right approach. Um, so he's taking a break from TWIP, and he's getting threats. Uh, but he he was in, involved with deep root. And, you know, like you said, you get involved with these people, and stuff happens, right? Yeah, I mean, not to the level that he should be getting threats or anything like that. Like, I appreciate Jeff and what he did with This Week in Pinball and putting out news i mean we we took a lot of our news when we would talk about it and we always give credit that this is what this week in pinball is reporting um i can i can relate when you know somebody you get the fun sucked out of a hobby that you enjoy because of of bullshit or 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 people like i don't know what's going on i don't know the details behind this but getting threatening messages is just uncalled for um yeah i mean jeff definitely and this week in pinball definitely cozied up to, to deep root, but it also gave us a lot of quotes from Robert and allowed us to talk about it. So, um, I didn't see anything wrong that he did. He gave him a, a platform, but it was still blatantly obvious. I don't think he ran ever ran interference for him in, in a, any kind of meaningful way. So it, it's too bad, but you know, he, he's got a, he's got that stink on him, right? Like th- this is the fallout from, from something like this. And it's, it's, and it's unfortunate. And I, and I feel for him. Um, and I, and I appreciate all the work that he's done over the years. So I, yeah, take a break, man. Um, don't let, don't let something as stupid as pinball, um, affect your, your, your life, right? Like this should be fun. Appreciate what you did. You appreciate all the time you broke. Even I know, you know, you don't make a lot of money or any money really in this <laughs> That's pinball. as content creators. So, you know, we just, just cause I maybe, or, or we're saying that yeah, maybe you shouldn't have cozied up with that much. It's okay. Like I, you don't deserve this at all. That that's terrible. I feel bad for him. Yeah, well, it reminds me of like running the summer open and getting getting shit from people, and us just saying, "All right, that's enough. We're done. This is not fun anymore. We're gonna we're gonna take a step back and maybe not do this anymore, and focus on other areas of the hobby that are more fun." So this is not the thing that's going on at Deep Root is not this week in pinball's fault at all. Oh no, at all. So stop stop focusing your anger or whatever the hell is going on with him. It's got to be people who had a horse in the race or put money down who's going after him. Or yeah, upset, right. Like, I wonder. That's like, on you, man. I'm, I was trying to figure out. I'm like, why would you even go after Jeff? Like, yeah, he's reporting on yeah on the news, and that's his his purpose. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think, dude, yeah, like, well, we don't have all the details, yeah, yeah. but 
Yeah. This... It, I think people are just looking for an excuse and a, somebody to blame for them getting scammed. And even though, you know, even in the deeper threads, people were saying all along, like, proceed with caution. You know, <laughs> this, this, uh, J-pop's got a history. This guy, uh, something isn't adding up right. We've been saying it all along. But other podcasts, like this yeah, podcast and stuff, have been saying it all along. Yeah, so. the swimming podcast was in it as long as we were saying it's bullshit. And it's not, I know not everybody listens to us or them, but it's on Pinside, right? It's like if you spend some time doing it, you'll you'll see that there's enough warning signs. And plus, you're also going in on a fucking product that's not been made. Yeah. Like, from a new company. It's not like they have a track record and, you know, like, it's not like Stern saying we're going to make a game and we're taking pre-orders on it. It's like, yeah, there's probably almost 100% chance you're going to get that game, right? It's it's very high. Yeah. Not in this case. So, yeah, leave leave the poor man alone. Yep. Uh yeah, don't don't harass each other. If you're threatening people, get some help. Get some <laughs> get some therapy. Seriously. All right, next story on the lineup is Steve Ritchie uh pieced out of Stern and moved over to to JJP. This comes to us from Pinball News. So is there, Pinball News our new source? Then? Uh, it's going to be everybody's new podcast source. <laughs> Pinball News, okay. Yeah, I mean he's been doing it a long time, he way is. longer. You know, from like the early two thousands, Pinball yeah, News has is. been doing it. He doesn't do like a, a weekly summary, but he definitely hits the big the yeah. big stories. So props props to uh, Pinball News for keeping it going. Um, so there, not only did uh, this news break, he there's also some additional news here that broke. Uh, in this story, but um, uh, this was on August 2nd. Um, Steve Ritchie had his first day at Jersey Jack Pinball, greeted by JJP founder Jack Guinari and the head of game design, C's, form- C's former fellow designer at Williams and Stern, Pat Lawler. There there they are. Steve with his uh, <laughs> his VR goggles on. <laughs> and uh, Pat and, and Jack. So yeah, Steve, Steve started way back at Atari in the late 70s. He's been doing stuff all the way through, you know, some of his greatest hits are like T2, Getaway, uh, Star Trek Next Gen, all those games. And then he, he went back to Stern in the early 2000s working on stuff like Elvis and World Poker Tour in 24. Spider-Man, which is, I was trying to think like what my favorite Steve Ritchie game is. It's probably Spider-Man. I don't know. What, do you, do you, what's your favorite Steve Ritchie game? Uh, Led Zeppelin. Oh. Premium, premium edition. Nice. Um, What's your favorite one? Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man is? Yeah. Okay. Um, you see. never owned one, but you had... Um, I had that loaner for a couple of years. Oh, you had a loaner. From Adam. I don't even remember that. I've owned a few uh, Steve Ritchie games. Like, I had, uh, I've had, i had um, No Fear for a while. I'm, I'm worried fun. about my memory. I remember the No Fear. <laughs> yeah. All right. I need yeah. to get we're, my, my We're getting check. old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, uh, amongst all this, um, there's this... Uh, Spider-Man and ACDC, both of which spawned several remakes, multiple different editions, and it is understood continue to be the company's biggest sellers. These latter two titles were collaborations with Lyman Sheets, who crafted the game's software and rules. Oh, by the way, Lyman also left Stern Pinball in the, his case at the end of last year. So. Their, their two biggest names are, are now gone. Yeah. Two, two oldest and biggest names, right. I'd say. You know, I mean, Stern's bringing in a lot of, like, newer, younger talent, which, which is good. Like, yeah, I mean, they, you need that. They've kind of insulated themselves. I mean, they, they probably figured, look, these guys aren't going to be here forever. So, thankfully, they, they've got um, uh, Raymond, and they got Keith, and they got Tim. So, so that's great. And these are all tournament players. So, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, but Lyman, like, there was no doubt that Lyman was their best coder. Like, every, uh, yeah, hundred percent. It was uh, 
uh, he, in Lyman we trust. You know, that's why they put them on like the big money, big yeah. big cash money games because they knew people would be like, well, Lyman's doing the rules. I'll throw the code down. It. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, my last Lyman, I was like always kind of like, I'm always going to buy a Lyman game, but then he got put on like kind of these like, you know, jacked up priced games and Batman 66 did nothing for me. I am tempted to get Alvira House of Horrors if, if uh, you know, if I can grow a money tree in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, pretty backed up on those from what I understand. Though. But uh, Eric Russell on Syracuse was saying that game's really good. Yeah. I, I asked him, I was like, what, what games have you been playing? He's like, I'm really, he, I guess he had it on loan. Uh-huh. And when he's telling me it's really good, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because like, we played that game when it like first came out and it had like nothing in it. <laughs> yeah, and you got so, to the end of it and broke it. Yeah, yeah. it's easy to d- dismiss it, but I guess now it's something special. So yeah, we'll you see. can see like it's a fun layout, fun to shoot, and it's got interesting toys and cool stuff. Yeah, so I can see that. Yeah. And if it's got Lyman rules behind it, then yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's like I don't have a medieval madness and it's kind of like that layout, so it's nice to have that layout in a game, you know? Right, right, exactly. So, um, so I listened to the uh, so uh, the Jersey Jackman Ball podcast did an interview with uh, with Steve after he joined, and he sounded pretty excited. To uh, he said the handcuffs are off now, so I wonder if you know there's there's obvious speculation that. You know, at Stern, there's a lower bill of materials, obviously. I don't think it's speculation. I mean, it's just the reality. Like, their games, you know, Jersey Jack games are several thousand dollars more than usually Stern's are, you know, when you kind of get their pricing levels even. Right. Yeah. So, I'm... I'm I'm curious to see what he comes up with at Stern or at uh, at JJP. Nick and I were talking. And I was like, I wonder if they'll make JJP make their flippers like super powerful because that's how he likes to design his games. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Um, I, I my favorite flipper system are Stern's the way they feel. I, I think that they're they're snappy. They're they're powerful. They feel good. So, yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, it, it, I can't imagine Steve Ritchie designing a game with the way the current flippers feel on um, JJP games. It's not like they're they're bad or unusable or anything. And you were saying that Pat Lawler kind of likes how they are. Yeah. But Steve is known for fast and flow and yeah, they're going to have to change that. I, I've got to imagine that's a condition that he set. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that leads to that. I think if, if they get their flipper on par, um, the way they feel on par with Stern, then, then there you go. They've got that world under, under glass feeling. They've got the, everything in the kitchen sink. It's just, let's get the flippers up to that kind of strength and feel. And, uh, you're almost unstoppable at that point. Richie likes that rock and roll, like nonstop action feel in his games. You need those super uh, powerful <clears throat> flippers to nail those ramps to get that feel. I, I feel like I, I really wish you can get kind of like a um, full disclosure from Steve Richie. Like what what did he want to do and couldn't do kind of thing? Like what was holding him back specifically? Because he always struck me as a person that was like, let's 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 get this one shot perfect. And let's move on to shot number two and get that perfect. Like he even talks about in, in uh, interviews that it was, I forget what documentary it's from that he talks about even like the way, like when you hit into a scoop that the, the clang it mm-hmm. makes, like that's how he thinks. And, and that's what you, when you're designing machines for 40 years, like he gets it the way a game hits a ramp and turns around. Like he, he really thinks about this kind of stuff and, and you can see it in his games. Um, so yeah, I wonder what happens when he has a, a larger bill of materials and, and stuff. I look back to something like Star Trek Next Generation, right? Where, like, you have the cannons firing yeah, off yeah, of the true. slingshots and, like... That's probably his most loaded game, right? Yeah, and most, like, crazy, like, outside-of-the-box toys and stuff like that, so... Yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, No Fear is kind of an it's open kind of play field. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's got the skull that moves, but other than that, it does, there's not a huge bill yeah. of materials on the game. The jump ramp is different than what he normally does, but mostly it's like it's like your standard fan layout with that jump ramp on top. 
Um, yeah. Well, this is cool. I mean, like, look, we, we saw what he's done at Stern. Now we're going to, like, if you ever kind of had that fantasy, like, what would Siebert do with a lot of money in that JJP? Well, now we're going to get to know. But when do we get to see it, though? That's the 2025? That's the thing. Yeah, they're still backed up. It's going to be a while. Because we got Lawler's next game, and we got Eric making a game. When the hell are we? I mean, Steve's got to have, like, a design, like, ready to go. Yeah. You'd have to imagine. But still, it's like, how does it work on a JJP game? Yeah, he said, uh, I think this was on the JJP podcast, that he had done two Whitewoods that he left at Stern, so... It'd be weird to me for the, that they would produce a game now that he's gone that he had designed, or it could. If they paid him like, for it. They might. I mean, they might yeah. have. They they might own that Whitewood, right, or yeah. that design. No, they would. But I just think like, hey, it's our new Steve Ritchie design. It could end up being like Deadpool. Like everybody speculated that that was Trudeau that designed Deadpool, and then uh, Gomez oh, really? took it over, and they're like, it's a Gomez game. <laughs> you hmm. know? So uh, that they may be a similar situation here. Okay. Well, Gomez would make sense to go for Steve Ritchie because Gomez, I think, I think Ritchie like mentored Gomez, right? Yeah. Or there's a lot of like Gomez, yeah, uh, in, in influence, right? 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 Yeah. 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 So, uh, and I, I love what Gomez does. Like, I think Deadpool is really cool. And, yeah. Um, so, uh, all right, looking forward to seeing what uh, Steve Ritchie is going to do at Jersey Jack Pinball. Uh, what else we got on here? Uh, do you know anything like are, are are they still pushing to do multiple titles a year with JJP or are they just I mean that's what Jack seems... said a couple a couple um like last year I think I that he did an interview um but then GNR came out and it was such a ridiculously huge hit that they uh they're so backed up and I think with a couple things like they moved their operations so they had to rehire their whole staff and there's a pandemic and everybody's struggling to hire folks and there's parts shortages, yeah. so I think all of that is just kind of snowballing. Yeah, so, I, yeah, it's like, when are we going to see this game right. from them? It's going to be years. It's going to be a while. Which is weird. Yeah. Unless, you know, maybe at their new facility, they're going to eventually be able to ramp up a second production line. Well, also, I mean, like, you know, Steve Steve's at kind of like retirement age, right? No, I'll put that in quotes. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe there. he likes that he can just take his time with a game and not have to crank out a game and really dial it in. And, and um, that's it. Like, that's all they're looking from him. He's always had a longer time frame at Stern, though, too, right? He wasn't. He didn't always do a game a year. Because what it was? Was it Star Wars before uh, Zap? No, it was uh, Black Knight. Black Knight. So yeah, he's been kind of yeah. In I, 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 from I, yeah, I remember hearing that he had a longer design cycle than the other designers, though. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he definitely got the best themes. You know, quote again. When he quotes the best themes, I mean, Star Wars, best theme. Yeah. Like, he had said he wanted to do Led Zeppelin since he was at Atari, and he got Led Ze- I'm, I'm sure they, like, got Led Zeppelin for him. Right. You know, he probably got crack. I mean, and he, well, he should. I mean, he's right. the he's the, the senior designer there, right? He's the so king. The he king, is, baby. He is, he is the king. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm a fan of Steve Ritchie. It's just, um, I only... I mean, I've got two of his games now, but I didn't have a game for the longest time, and I've bought games before. They've just never... Um, I think the the layout and the rules just never jived to the point where they were keepers for me. Or I just was trying to rotate games earlier on. Like, you know, I had an ACDC and that was all. Yeah, all ACDC was fine. It, that, that game, like, that was one of those games where we played it in tournaments so much that I was like, I'm good. I don't need to own this game. Yeah, I feel yeah. that way about Metallica, too. It's like, it's fun when I play it, but I don't need to own it. I know, yeah. Um, so that's, that's that. All right. Uh, here. Stern Pinball launches Insider Connected Platform. So um, Stern announced the launch of Insider Connected, a comprehensive technology initiative to connect the universe of Stern pinball machines. The platform is designed to extend, enhance and extend players' engagement with the games across both home and commercial environments. 
It also presents professional operators of the pinball machines with a robust set of tools to drive location play, build player loyalty, analyze performance, make adjustments remotely, and maintain the machines. Uh, let's see. Uh, this was not a good article to pull up here. <laughs> um, there's no pictures of it. Um, let me see if I can find something here. Um, so basically, this is like um, Scorbit and PinQuest. Don't look at this symbols on the screen. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. Um, I'm trying to find the... Uh, I think... Oh. Is this one? Yeah, here we go. This one will have it. Here we go. Um, there's Gomez talking about it. So you have... Um, you will uh, log in with your Stern Insider Connected account. And then basically, you it'll generate a QR code that identifies you. So you don't have to have a smartphone. You just have to have a QR code. And then you take it, and there's like a QR radio, reader on the pinball machine that you hold your, your QR code over, and it scans it. And it's like, oh, hey, it's Kevin. Uh, here's all your achievements on this game. Um, here's how many times you played it, whatever. And then, um, yeah, the, 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 the big um draw right now that i've seen has been the achievements so um it's gonna remember you and it, the game is gonna set certain objectives and things for you to do on it outside of the scope so it, it's kind of cool because it brings a, a second level of stuff to do on a pinball machine uh if you have one of these accounts uh which i'm which i'm cool with i listened to some of the podcasts with uh george gomez and he talks about, you know, when he worked at Xbox and they were working on Xbox Live and achievements and stuff like that. So they're they're very much in that mindset of, um, you know, let's let's bring this to pinball. Let's get connected, even though it's been around forever for video games. But it's about time. I, I'm excited to see some of this stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. And you can compare scores of everybody else, too. Right. 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 And yep. they're going to have a thing, I think, um, on like lo- location games they'll have like they'll know or you designate or something that's like a location game so mm-hmm. it makes those scores i guess you know more valid than somebody at home who can you know everybody's i see people making comments oh you can take the glass off like yeah yeah you can i mean they, you take this this is not like we're setting up remote tournaments okay this is this is just a cool fun thing to do when i get a certain score on my machine um, my pirates and kevin gets a score on his pirates it's like Okay, it's not the same exact thing, but you get a rough idea, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody could cheat and whatever, but you you know that, mm-hmm. right? But and if it's a, also a location game, a location game can be set up a little bit differently, but it does carry a little bit more weight, especially when you're comparing yourselves to other locals, etc. So I I think this is great. This is like about time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they're doing it. Um, we don't know what the cost is yet. Mm-hmm. I think the first iteration is going to be more focused on the cons- um, the user rather than the operator. There's also yeah. operator functions in there, so I'm curious to see what that is. They said it's going to – I think George has said it's going to be affordable or inexpensive. I forgot the exact words that he used. That sort of means nothing mm-hmm. when games are, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, a lot of money. Like, what is that What is that relative to? Um, I've always liked the idea of Scorbit, but Scorbit's very expensive in my book, several, you know, two $300 or something in that range, Plus right? Plus a monthly fee for operators. Yeah, so – like I hope that they do this in a way where they're running it almost at cost because the benefits to them are so good of just getting people onto the system. Like this system works when you have more users, right? Like if you make it so people look at it and say, I'm not going to spend that money on it, then it kind of falls apart, right? When nobody's really using this and it dies on the vine, create something that you're just kind of breaking even on, but get it out there. So almost everybody wants to throw it on their machine. And especially as an operator, like, yeah, I'm, I kind of like to throw this on the machine and the operator. I got to see what the operator benefits are. I think it's cool for the users, even though only pinball people are going to use it. Right. But <laughs> our, our, we're getting killed 
um, on location pinball. Things are not back to pre-COVID levels at all. So we're it's not good. It's not a good time, at least like from my perspective, being an operator. Yeah. It, well, it, to your point of only pinball people are going to do this, like casual people can barely start a game of pinball. and So I, I don't think it's going to do much to get new people into pinball, but the people like us who are really, really yeah. into it and want more to do, it's a nice it's benefit great. for us. Yeah, I would love to get this. I would love... Um, would you put this on your games? You don't have any um, um, Spike 2 games anymore. No, yeah. So w- would you have put this on Jurassic Park? <sighs> it depends on the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, achievements are fun, but are they like $500 of fun? Probably not. Um, it's going to be built into games going forward for Stern, so you don't have a choice with anything uh, that you buy new from them. It's going to be built in. So if it's part of the experience, like I, I have Scorbit on my JJP games, and I don't use it that much. You yeah. know, it's free on JDP, and I'm like, it's cool, but of course, they don't have the achievements and stuff like that. What yet. keeps it's you just, from using uh, Scorebit on there? I just, like, when I walk up to people, I just want to play. Like, Is, it, is it because, like... Um, I don't want to... Like, I want to hit the start button and start playing. I don't want to, like, pull out my phone or scan a thing or, like, log in. Like, I just I just don't think of it. There's, it's not compelling enough to for me to take that extra step yet. Yeah, so it's um I forget what this is what you call it. It's, it's a barrier just, of entry. Yes, thank yeah. you. Right. It's 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 um yeah, I guess barrier of entry. I mean, even even though it might take like a few seconds or right. arguably like right. every time like there's just added steps, right? right? There's there's nothing compelling enough on the other side for you to take even if it amounts to seconds or right, right to like, do that. The games keep track of my high scores for me, right? Sure, <laughs> you know, it's sure. Like, yeah, yeah, and if yeah. I get a really good score, then I can just like I don't have to think of it ahead of time. Like if I'm playing in and I get a really score and I want to keep track of it, I throw it on Pindigo, and I can do that after the fact. I don't have to have logged in ahead of time. So yeah, RLM says Scorebit cost me zero, and I still don't use it. I'm happy to give JJP the data and metrics to improve games. So uh, that's interesting, right? Yeah. Will people use this? Yeah. Is it compelling enough? Yeah. There's got to be enough reason to, to pull out your phone or your QR code and, and do it. It is cool what they said with the locations. Like, um, I like, you know, if like a location wants to run an event or, or a, like a ongoing monthly tournament or, or like just play and, and win stuff, then I think this is way, it's, it's a way for us to do it. Right. We, I mean, we've, we used to do the, the selfie league, but that's cumbersome. You got people got to upload their pictures. Mm-hmm. And then somebody's got to log the score, right? There's there's so many steps, and you know that there's an easier way to do this. Well, if this system can allow us to do that, then that's great. Like, I would do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Just make it easier for us. So yeah. It does kind of stink that they're uh, dividing uh, systems. So it would be nice if there was one universal system for all of pinball. Oh, Scorbit. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Scorbit versus Stearns. I get why they want to do it. They want to have control over their own ecosystem and stuff like that. But... It'd be nice to like just be able to log on and see compare scores against everybody on any game all in one app and not have to have two apps or an app and a QR code and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But this does tie into our next story, which is that st- prices are going up on Stern games, even, even more than they did. Uh, well, so this happened for like the premium games that were coming out. Um, so like Elvira and Batman, they had said prices were going up, but now it's it's trickling down to their other games. So I brought up the Coin Taker website because they they have it spelled out here. They say they're taking a deposit of a thousand dollars on the next schedule will run in December of twenty twenty one. That's this is on a Jurassic Park premium. The balance of seventy five ninety five is due just before delivery. So that's eighty five ninety five for a premium stern now. Uh where Wait. Uh, yeah, so they that's- 
No, that's a thousand dollars, so it would be seventy six ninety five. That's that's only that's still only a seventy six thousand dollar premium. That's not the increase. No, this is so you pay a thousand dollars, and then the balance of seventy five hundred dollars seventy five ninety five is due after that. So it's it's a thousand plus seventy five ninety five. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus! Yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry. My I got like said I'm a little slow today. Um, so then oh, for, for reference, when, um, Jurassic Park premium launched, it was seventy five ninety nine. So this is a thousand dollar increase since, since the game launched. I'm so glad I got Led Zeppelin premium. I, I, uh, had been kind of, somebody said that they might increase the price. I just didn't see it going up by a thousand though. I thought maybe like 300 some yeah. dollars or something like that. Yeah. So, and, uh, on the pros, they're going up by 600. Um, so the, the pros are going to be 6595 now up from 5999 So Sorry, I'll say that again. Six, so there's numbers and math. Six, $6,600 for a pro. For a pro. How, much, how much did the pros increase by? How many, $600. $600. They, they were $6,000, were $6,600. Oof. Yeah. Um, That's this a lot is, for a pro. I'm, I'm going to be honest. This is getting too hard to operate games. Yeah. Um, we've got... I mean, here's the reality of the situation. People aren't going out and, and playing games like they used to, okay? We're still kind of crawl back, and now we've got the Delta variant hitting, and I don't know what that's going to send us into. Um, so as an operator, we're making less money, but the cost of games is going up. So at some point, it's like I can I – can, at some point, you got to ask, is this worth it? Is it is it worth it? You yeah. know, like – and, and I, I worry about – I worry about my business partners being like, is this worth it? And – and it's only going in one direction, and I and I get it. I'm not faulting certain. I'm sure that they're they don't want to just arbitrarily raise prices. It's worker shortage. It's everything we see in supply shortage. It's the um, micro microchips. It's everything. So it's just a really bad time. I mean, this is uh, you're seeing the fallout from the pandemic, and uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Is pinball just going to be now the the, the the super rich person's hobby? Like yeah. we we kind of like. Kevin and I are not super rich. Um, <laughs> Spoiler. I you know, somebody like on my game room videos, like, how do you afford these games? It's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s and I don't have any kids, you know, and, I've <laughs> and been we've been doing this for 10 years. Cl- collecting and... for 10 years. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm not taking European vacations every year. Um, this is my main hobby and I'm a huge enthusiast. I can make things happen. Right. Um, but my income hasn't gone up. <laughs> not, not at that rate. <laughs> right. So I don't know. It's not great man i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of bummed out between like the deep sorry i'm kind of bummed out with the deep root stuff the pricing going up i'm seeing what's happening to location pinball this ain't good and you know like you see like oh there's a lot of orders for pinball machines this is just everything's really weird and wonky right now yeah and I, don't, what, I don't know where the dust is gonna settle what really sucks is this is going up for everybody who has games on order already too so they're they're jacking up the prices if you have an order in yeah they're not grandfathering you into the previous price which is kind of shitty me i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not dogging blaming stern or you know or i understand when jjp did it i understand that stern's got to do it um it's just really weird time i just don't know what things are gonna look like you know two three five years from now with yeah. this with this landscape and where we're going yeah like like new event says like who can who can blame them like you know used rick and morty's are selling for eleven thousand dollars yeah you know I mean? exactly it's, it's i don't blame is I, it is insane and i don't blame stern at, at all i don't blame jgp at all like who can blame them they're backed up in orders you'd be your business you'd be crazy 
not to. Yep. I just don't know what this does to, 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 to pinball. But I mean, again, if we have a huge market crash and then, um, you know, the prices of games go down that, that I don't, I don't see them ever lowering these prices. Though that's the thing. It's yeah. just, maybe we'll stop the kind of this runaway, um, increase in pricing, but all right, well, let's... So how much does Stern's cost in 2005? Uh, they were like $3,500, I think. Yeah, like probably you probably got a Sopranos probably for 3500 probably. Lord of the Rings. I got In 2010, I got my Iron Man for $4,200 delivered. $4,200 delivered for Iron Man. So, I mean, Iron Man wasn't cheaper than Spider-Man. Spider-Man came out in 2008, so you were at least able to get... Think about what's on a Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man would be... Fact. Spider-Man would be a premium these days. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or or you just call it an LE because yeah. I mean it doesn't have the the back glass or powder coating but like so now you're saying an $8600 game uh, which is Jurassic use Jurassic Park. So Spider-Man back in the day would have been probably even less than 4200. You probably could get it for 3800. Probably yeah. like that. So yeah. that's um you know more than a doubling in price in a little over 10 years. I mean, you know, I guess uh, I guess Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess you look at inflation and things will double in price maybe every two decades, something like that. So we're out, uh, definitely outpacing what's considered standard inflation. All right. Well, let's talk about something that's more affordable and, and better news. Uh, let's go over to uh, the new release of excuse me, Sorcerer's Apprentice for the Multimorphic P3. So this is a new game. Uh, if you checked out the channel on YouTube, we have the reveal stream of it. Uh, and this came out a week or so ago. Well, two weeks ago, we did the reveal stream uh, a week ago today. And uh, so this is a um, software reimagining of the Cosmic Kart Racing playfield. So if you if you already own the Cosmic Kart Racing playfield, you can grab this for four hundred ninety nine bucks, brand new game for your pinball machine, and you can you can download it uh, immediately and not have to wait, <laughs> which is also a nice thing you don't have to wait for these production delays so um so tell you a little bit about the uh sorcerer's apprentice so it uses cosmic kart racing and it, it's a, a, a magic wizard theme uh, it feels very much like a uh a role-playing game in pinball form um so there's a bunch of different spells you can collect and you cast them to break the ward so i like how they they reimagine this whole layout um the rings which were your like ball locks on cosmic kart racing are now um the wards that you have to break with different spells you travel to different lands i think this this game does a really good job of using the the p3 play field um to change the total environment so you you hit an orbit shot to travel to a different area the entire play field changes into a a different uh world so you can go to the bazaar you can go to the dunes you can go to the, the workshop where you start off um and then um you, you collect your spells. You can collect keys to open the chest that will get you jewels that make the, the wizard battle even better. You can collect a shield. Um, again, it's $499 available now from uh, Multimorphic. Um, gaming design, uh, we're worries. Cernuda. Uh, software is Greg Goldie. Art by Eric Ridgway. Uh, voice work by Ryan Tanner of the Flippin' and Mashing podcast. And uh, Jerry Stellenberg was the project manager. So, um yeah, there's these this spell modes of fire and lightning, an ice spell. There's, um, I forget, I don't think they have the promo graphic in here. Maybe it's towards the bottom, but it listed all this stuff. Um, yeah, I don't see it. Um, the number of uh, modes and multi balls and things like that. But there's a lot, and it's really cool, and it does a good job of uh, of 
I, so I, I play tested this for about a month before it came out. And uh, I remember my initial impression was like, oh, wow, this feels like a totally different game, even though the, the play field's the, the same shots as Cosmic Kart Racing. The way you shoot it and the, the things you need to do on it are totally different. So it's, uh, it's really cool. Highly recommend it. If you have a uh, P3 and the Cosmic Kart Racing play field, this is a, kind of a no-brainer to me. Um, the uh, Gamma Goat was funny. He's like, I think people are going to start calling it the uh, the uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice play field, not the Cosmic Kart Racing play field. This is, this is much more of a traditional uh, game, even though they added a, the career mode to um, Cosmic Kart Racing. Um, this is a... a an experience for if you're a core pinball player, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you're gonna like this and what it has to offer. So, is it a linear game? Um, there, there's certain things you need to do in order to. I guess that's that's true of any game, right? But you don't you don't have to play the the spell modes in the same order. Um, you can travel to any world and, and like I was watching Turbo play it, and so you start in the in the um, was it the the office or the the workshop. And so the spell there is the the fire spell. So the easiest one to get into the, is this fire spell. But he's like, I'm I'm failing at the fire spell. I'm going to go somewhere else and work on like the ice or the lightning spell uh, first. So you don't have to do it all in the same way. And you also you can it's easy to get to the wizard, but you're not going to beat the wizard if you just get three spells and go to him. So you're trying to fight the wizard. Uh, yeah. So why, the, the sorcerer. So why don't they call it the wizard's apprentice? It, well, apprentice. I call it the wizard. It's actually the sorcerer. But why don't they call it the wizard's apprentice? <laughs> they, they should. And then people wouldn't think it's a Nick Cage game because <laughs> there's, there's a movie with Nicolas Cage called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, see? You guys done messed up. Yeah. Maybe so, there's a good reason they didn't want to call it wizard, yeah. but I don't know. But there, there's a wizard mode, a sorcerer mode. Um, it's also, I'll, for clarification, this is not their licensed theme that they've been uh, <laughs> they've been teasing. This is an all-new. I'd like to see a Nick new. Cage movie theme game. I know. Game. I know. Yeah. We need a, there's no Nicholas Cage. Well, Con Air? Yeah. Maybe? <laughs> um, what's the one where he went and stole the Declaration of Independence? National Treasure? <laughs> That's it. People love when you eat on, on a podcast, by the way. So I'm trying to chew in the mic. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying that. That's a Snickers. Nick brought a Snickers for lunch. <laughs> so it's cool. Check it out. Uh, if you want to see it in, in action, you can watch. Um, I played it this week uh, or a week ago. It's on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Um, Always fun working with those guys and, and uh, helping them show off their games. I, I'm a big fan of the P3. So um, there you go. Good good news. A game came out. You can play it. It exists. And it's 500 bucks. So there you go. <laughs> okay. The other pinball machine, new pin, new-ish pinball machine news that got announced today. This Today. Wow. This month is Cactus Canyon um cactus canyon remake which uh who saw that coming everybody saw that coming it's been rumored from uh uh um, chicago gaming for a while now but they confirmed it down at the southern prime gaming expo in atlanta um they gave a rousing presentation in a, in a conference room down at sfge uh, so this is their fourth remake title following medieval madness attack from mars and monster bash um so in, until the start of the week uh, the plan was to bring the new Cactus Canyon to the show, but on Monday night, the decision was taken not to reveal it in Atlanta, after all, due to outstanding approval from the licensor, Scientific Games, who owns Williams Gamings. Um, Ryan began his seminar talking about delays as a result of the pandemic coming from an eight-week closure of the factory, which was followed by ongoing shortages of many parts along with staffing issues. So, same song and dance we're hearing from all the manufacturers, basically. Stuff's delayed. It's hard to find employees. It's hard to find parts. Um... But, again, these guys have a track record of 
building machines and putting them out. So you you can proceed with a little more confidence when it comes to Chicago gaming. Uh, after talking about how each of the previous three remakes models introduced new features, such as HD animations, larger displays, interactive toppers, enhanced playfield toys, and RGB lighting effects, Ryan described how Chicago gaming take an original game and disassemble, reassemble it several times to understand how it was put together using that knowledge in conjunction with documentation. He said they have over 850 play fields for Cactus Canyon remake already screen printed and clear coded ready for production. Uh, in a change from previous models, Cactus Canyon remake will, and any future remake titles will include a new operating system, which integrates what was previously a separate remake only diagnostic menu with into the more familiar Bally Williams menu structure. Uh, said, so you're going to get a new, new operating system. Um, uh, the new code for the game, uh, she said the rewriting, rewriting of the operating system also allows Chicago gaming to write new code for the games and add extra features or modify existing code to fix bugs. So that was always the big thing with, with, uh, Cactus Canyon was that it was a fun layout, but the code wasn't finished. It was like the last game that Bally Williams made. And then they just, they made a few of them. They shut down production and there's, the codes uh, leaves a lot to be desired. So from what, I've had some some discussions w with folks who uh, may or know a thing or two about a thing or two. And it sounds like Cactus Canyon is not going to get a full like reimagining. It's going to be more of like Cactus Canyon complete is what I was told. So uh, it's going to stick to that original kind of Bally Williams feel, but be finished. So which is good, I, but I think with uh, Cactus Canyon continued, uh, people maybe wanted more out of this title, code-wise, than just being finished uh, in a 90s Bally Williams style. But I'm guessing they're also, because these are licensed from Williams, that they, they're probably limited in the, the kind of things they can do. I don't, know. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Cactus Canyon? I mean, it's hard for me to go back and play a Bally Williams game other than you know, I, I didn't even really have the nostalgia around it, right? When I got in the hobby, like, the, that was only, like, 12 years ago this game might have come out, right? Yeah. Now, 12 years ago is, like, we're, we're talking, <laughs> like, almost like <laughs> 22 years Iron ago. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's – even games that had good rules back then, like Medieval Madness. And Medieval Madness is, is still kind of holds up in today's rules. It's kind of good, but, like – it's tough. It's like I could buy a game that came out today with everything that we know in advance and rules and, 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 and effects and the depth, or I can get a game that was made, you know, more than 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's like, I don't get that excited about that. I'd rather see, see what's new. I think if I was, uh, looked at approach Pimal from like this more so like a collector standpoint and I had a lot of money, then I, I might be interested in something like that. But with, like, you know, there's only so much money to go around. There's only so much space. I'm more interested to see the next Jersey Jack, the next Stern kind of game. What, what's going to come out from them and, and play those and play that? Yeah. The, so they, I went, I played that uh, Medieval Madness, or no, uh, Monster Bash. That was at, uh, tell, there's a restaurant nearby that I found. I was like, oh, they have a uh, Medieval, jeez, a Monster Bash remake. And I played it, and it was fine. And I, like, almost got to the wizard mode the first time I played it. And I was like... All right, that that ver verifies my my thoughts on like buying one of these. Yeah, because they're 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 priced the same as like a modern Stern, uh, they're like a, like a premium Stern level game. A Monster Bash is a great game for super casual. Mm -hmm. Like if my parents wanted a game in the house, uh, put Monster Bash at like a list. Yep. My mom will have fun with Monster Bash. My dad, you know, and all the cool funny things it does. 
a player, somebody who who's kind of competent and skilled at pinball, it's not a game for them at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a fun – it's a good game for learning pinball in that – modes and rules it doesn't it's very straightforward in how it presents itself you understand yeah uh how how to progress and that there are things to do in the game very it's well it's an amazing game like yeah. in the presentation the humor and everything it's it's a it's a pinnacle of some pinball achievement but right. for a player who like you could just destroy that game yeah <laughs> yeah it's not gonna hold up uh, long term in your collection is for the the price for for what's there is what it always comes down to for me and I, like nick said I, i'd rather have a new game with modern rules I was kind of interested in Cactus Canyon, thinking that they would do more with the code, but hearing that it's just going to be, you know, the original code finished and bug fixed and, you know, polished a little bit, maybe balanced, then maybe not so much. I'm happy to play it on location, but I'm not going to buy one. Just get James to get it. Yeah. And we'll just get there before he sells it a month later. That's right. And we'll go. Come on, James. Yeah. And there you go. All right. So this is, this next one is a, uh, well, yeah, we can go. Well, let's go over here first. Um, wow, this is, uh, this is this is a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot of news. Oh, my God. Spinal Tap by the world-renowned Homepin, makers of Thunderbirds. They don't call themselves world-renowned. You threw that in there. Yeah. Okay, right. Every, every, well, they're, they're, they're renowned throughout the world, I would say. The they are. World. They are. Yeah. It, not, it's not necessarily a good thing. Notorious. <laughs> the notorious Homepin. Um, so this came out. And so this is Final Tab, taking pinball to 11. Let me read you the uh, the bullet points of features on the, on the flyer, okay? Oh, is this a renowned home print hike? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I, 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 I couldn't. Like, they did say it. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> did. I got. I stole your thunder, you Kevin. Did, you did. I saw that. Uh, all right. So, all right. Check, if you're listening along at home, uh, check, check the boxes with me. So, uh, bullet point one, stunning cabinet graphics and trim. Okay, we haven't seen it yet. We'll take your word for it. Original Spinal Tab soundtrack. Okay, we would assume that would be in there. Replica models of famous TAP guitars. <laughs> all right, and uh, all right. There's and he posted. Look, ooh, there's there's. Oh my God, where can I order that? <laughs> there you go. Those, those are going to be on your pinball machine. God, I guess you beat the modders to making that. I guess that's tap. No modders going to make that because they don't want to lose money. <laughs> yeah, uh, exploding drummer? Question mark. Obviously. Uh, 27 inch LCD monitor and DMD. What? A world's first. It's a world's first, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies. What? I don't understand. You that. get uh, a DMD and a monitor. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. You're just increasing your 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 build of materials for a feature nobody wants. <laughs> all right. So, uh, some of the speculation was that they're gonna do all the, like the the scoring and stuff on the DMD. And they'll just like play video on the LCD screen from like a an SD card, <laughs> because it's 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 like cheaper and easier to implement than actually doing real code work on a. It's on a just screen. a real head scratcher going on right now. And then, last but not least, renowned home pin, high quality build. That's what everybody says after they play Thunderbirds. They're like, "This is a high quality." build of said of nobody machine. said this is, nobody this is the machine that has the plastic lockdown bar that has the buttons that that hurt your fingers when you use them um yeah it, it has uh thunderbirds had plastic trees on it already though you didn't have to pay extra for those you could put whatever you want on a marketing flyer did you guys know that you can't there's no oversight oh they also say industry best warranty and service support which it, it's not because well, it's uh, easy to support when you have like five customers yeah but their their warranty is one year and the multi-morphic warranty is two years so it's not even Lies. that they, they didn't even get that uh special mechanisms designed for exciting 
tap pinball action. Wow, special ma- that's some that's some uh, deep root level like some cool toys level who, who like, is marketing materials. And yet this guy's actually made a pinball machine and yep. sold it. Yeah. Um who can you get their games from? Uh it says worldwide availability. See website for agents list. Should we go there? Yeah, let's go all there. Right, all right, all Bear right. with us guys. This is you know, I'm going off I'm going off the rails. Right. Just flipping out selling it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we Zach's by laughing right now. All right, let's see. Wow, look Nitro at... Pinball, King Nitro, Canada, Highway Games in Australia, Pinball Star, Pinball Star, no. RS Pinball yeah. in Europe. And Zach's not touching this pile of shit. CBC Pinball in China. Joe at Pinball Star. God bless you, man. Good he, luck. He carries everything. Like he had. He uh, does. He had Mafia, and yeah. I remember he tried to get us to come out and uh, stream Mafia. Yeah. I like Joe. He's a good guy. Yeah. And we were like, nah, nah, but he wanted us to do a twofer of Mafia and Thunderbirds. And hmm. He does care everything, yeah. He does. Yeah. There's no no. There's the team. There's no no on Pinball Star. <laughs> I don't know. Looking at this website, this is the website I would look at for a high quality arcade product. <laughs> <laughs> I could make that website. Yeah. This is, and it, this is in like a half of the afternoon this is some 90s geocities action right here it really is there you go so there you go if you want to order a spinal tap so they got a they got a, a license that people like what i find interesting is that everybody like thunderbirds is the one pinball machine that pretty much everybody agrees is total garbage it it's a game that um pinball life just had one and they were selling it for twenty five hundred dollars so even in a market where everything is going up, used games are going up, new games are going up, this is the one <laughs> game. It's half the price of it of its uh, launch. What if you can use melt down some of the parts and use it for recycling or something, <laughs> or take them out? So even with that, people are like, "I really love Spinal Tap. I might have to get this." It's like licenses. People love it. so yeah. It's stupid. We, it's we, we've there's, played, a of, there's a lot of people with too much money, not enough sense in pinball. We, we've 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 yelled this from the rooftops before, though. But for everybody who who claims they want original themes in pinball, this is why companies make very few original themes because you put a license on something with with multimorphic. People are buying the license theme before they even know what the license is. Dumb Just dumbs. because it has a license. Dumb dumbs. It's, it's like, put my money down. I don't care what it is. I want the license theme. God. No <laughs> wonder all these scammers get into pinball. Yeah. No, like, seriously. No wonder. This is like, this is like attention scammers and sociopaths. <laughs> Think about making a pinball machine. There's money in it until sure you get caught. Get a, get a like 80s, late 70s, early 80s, maybe early 90s license. Dude. Mass appeal license. Elizabeth Holmes, she should have got into pinball machines instead of like this like life-saving uh, blood test that are telling people <laughs> they have AIDS or don't have AIDS yeah. when it doesn't even work. Yeah, exactly. By the way, watch the drop. Oh, listen to the Dropout podcast. They're, and, do- uh, they're doing new episodes, right? Bad. Yeah. So there's the Dropout podcast, and then there's Bad Blood. Listen to them both because yeah. they're. And then watch the HBO documentary. Love you, Elizabeth Holmes. You're amazing. <laughs> my we, favorite sociopath. I love you too, Nick. I, I don't think you understand my vision, Kevin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, Steve Daniel says, listen to the inter- interview and in the latest Pimmel News podcast before you throw down any money. The rules would not be any more complex or fun than Thunderbirds. So, international rescue all over again. Spinal Tap is yeah. a little less, less, less letters. It's so. fewer letters, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe you spell all the band members' names in one long string or something. I don't how know. is this guy still making pinball machines? Like, how does he, like... 
Who's buying it? How's he getting the money? This is a real head scratcher. Who's he defrauding, by the way? Well, let's let's have the SEC look into this guy. Yeah. Well, he's outside the country, so yeah, he's in Taiwan now. Yeah. They ran him out of China, though. I guess he was, he was trying to work in China, and that's not working out anymore. So he's a, yeah. he's over in Taiwan. God, that says a lot. All right. This, this next one is a we took a request on this one. So after our last podcast, we got an email from a listener who was like, "I'd like to hear more about the Museum of Pinball Closing," and we did cover it a little bit on the last show but uh we have more details now so let's jump over to that so uh this came out july 21st for beckett uh pinball news museum of uh, pinball in banning california was in doubt following the aborted attempt to move to a new locate new location in palm springs now all attempts to secure additional funding to find either find a new home or put the collection into storage have failed as a result the entire collection of more than 500 pinballs 900, that should be pinball machines. 500 pinball machines. Yes, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> We're going to have a campaign, an awareness campaign <laughs> exactly. to stop saying pinballs. Yes. <laughs> they had 500 pinballs in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> Need nine, storage space for that. 900 video games and around 1,000 additional machines, which couldn't be displayed and were kept in storage, will be put up for sale by Why don't they just call it 900 videos? <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. Uh, the forty it's uh the forty four hundred square foot building, which currently houses the displayed pinball and video games, has been leased to a marijuana growing company with effects from October twenty twenty one, leaving just two months to completely vacate the pinball and video room. So uh the rise of marijuana kill, killing pinball. Oh, I think um, they can find a way to work it out. Um, they can have a, a marijuana place and a New Balance uh, a shoe store and a pinball museum. That's, all they, in one they all go hand in hand. And then you need like a Taco Bell there and you'll be all set. <laughs> Is that the choice? I don't know. Of pinball players? I, I'm trying to make it Arby's. Arby's. Can I make an appeal, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. By the way, um, we've, got, we've got a lot of listeners and stuff. And, you know, it's like the six degrees of separation. Somebody's got to have connections to Arby's marketing. So, you know, family, friends, let's figure this out. Connect us, please, to Arby's marketing. You know, what I saw an Arby's marketing yesterday. I was scrolling through. Arby's has like the. Well, I showed the Arby's shop. Yeah, yeah. Arby's has. They were advertising disc golf, which I got into that. <laughs> Arby's is on it, man. They're like, I'm wired into them. <laughs> and then they had a uh, uh, Brody even curl shirt, and it's yeah. a curly fry curling. <laughs> oh my god, Arby's! Arby's, you're so good. Yeah, they're on it. We're, we have synergy, Arby's. Let's go. Yeah, you and us. Yeah, <laughs> we're ready to go. All right, let's jump back to this. Uh, here. So. The auction, if you want to buy one of the machines, one or more of the machines from the uh, collection, starts 3 p.m. on Friday, the September 10th, 2021, with live viewing from noon the same day. Um, it continues Saturday and Sunday, the 11th and 12th, with viewing from 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. I'm assuming that's West Coast time. Um, they didn't give time zones here. Everybody knows. You got to do time zones, otherwise you're gonna hear about it. I can't imagine people who are just at a complete loss right yeah. now, not knowing what to do. Yeah, uh, the event is being hosted by Captain's Auction Warehouse, who are based in Orange County, California, and have previously exhibited at the Museum of Pinball's Arcade Expo events. So it is a, a pinball auction, which means these are not gonna be cheap. <laughs> they have a lot of rare stuff. If you want to buy a uh, the ultimate a box full of lights, you can buy a Magic Girl there. They have one of yeah. those. It's I think gross. they also have a Cosmic Carnival. The other uh, total box of lights with uh, – so you can get a box of lights with Dirty Donning art. You get a box of lights with uh, Zombie Yeti art. And you can pay a lot of money and an additional buyer's fee on top of that because it's an auction, and that's how things work. So um, check it out. Uh, Captain's Auction next weekend. I think I think you can actually put bids in now. Um, 
but they're gonna actually sell everything next weekend. Um, there's it. Uh, junior Junior in chat asks, "Is Lyman now with JJP or Spooky?" I haven't heard of him going anywhere. So all we know is he's out at Stern. We don't know that if he's working anywhere else yet or not. Probably home pin. <laughs> they need him, man. They need him. So I had heard um, um, Joe Balser had actually gone to home pin. Oof. He's, he's just swimming downstream. Where careers go to die. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Um, but then now he's out. So, like, the, people don't know if he actually did any work on Spinal Tab or not. Um, okay. All right. Seems to be Joe, Joe Balser's MO. Amazing. Yep. All right. I, got, I just want to show this. We don't talk about mods very much, but this is one uh, I have a vested interest in because I love Tron, and I'll probably end up getting one of these. It's a, uh, a mod that adds the a display to the back board of your of your cabinets so this is um this is by 86 pixels uh with animations by steven silver of multimorphic so um very cool and my favorite part was i was like that's cool but i like how my backboard uh disp- it kind of integrates with my side art it like makes a whole like scene and they're like oh cool we'll do one that looks like that because the, the original one just has this grid on the back uh very tron grid-esque and then they're like, okay, here's one. We we did new side panel art with the the art that ties into um, the other um, side, side panel uh, art blades. So it looks more like the original art on the back on the sides, and then you get the animations in the middle. So it's like, all right, cool. That's, that's customer service. They're also saying they're going to add – so because um, this goes in the backboard, on the premium and the Ali – well, there's only one. There's the Ali – there's a moving recognizer – and the the mech for that goes through the back wall, so they're gonna they're gonna design a way for the the recognizer to move, and also work with this, which means you get a moving recognizer on your pros. Which I was like, sign me up for one of those too. Does Speaking it move on language. the LE? Yeah. It moves. Oh, okay. Yeah, it kind of like swings back and forth. Okay. Um, so now pro owners are gonna be able to get that maybe. So it's sounding cool. Um, so. Just when you thought you were done modding out your Tron, there's another there's another mod you can get. Um, they haven't started shipping yet. I think they're still going to do some beta testing with, with some of this, but uh, coming soon. There's a thread on Pinside if you want to learn more. Um, and we, we can just show this real quick. Uh, it kind of falls into like, cool, but who really cares because I'll never play it. It's the uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off Custom Pinball uh, by Brian Soros and Rebby Hardy. So they took a Mustang and they rethemed it into Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is a cool theme. I like I like the theme. I watched that movie a lot back in the day. Um, and uh, Mustang is their uh, their game of choice because they had done a, a Hardy wrestling pin in Mustang, and now they have a Ferris Bueller <laughs> uh, Mustang. Re- Poor Mustang. Um, so there, there's the play field. Um, I think they got the the car from the movie in there instead of the Mustang. Um, yeah, real cool stuff. Some tech outers yeah it's cool yeah the chrome armor and it's a sharp looking game and it it, it works because bueller had the same number of letters as mustang oh shit to light up that. in the back but <laughs> so, look at that that's clever um yep they do is great so you know may, maybe someday at a show you'll get to flip one of these but probably not and then if you want to if you want to play the same game just go play mustang because it's the same game but very cool nice work looks cool yeah, maybe, good job. Maybe you'll play it someday. Is that all the news? Holy crap, that was all the news. We did it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't pull this up. So uh, we're gonna go to your voicemails next because we asked you guys to uh, to send in some voicemails. 
Now I need to go to Anchor. Was this a mistake, Kevin? Uh, maybe. Okay. I need to go to Anchor.fm. And if you go to Anchor.fm slash Buffalo-Pinball, I don't know how I put the dash in there when I made the account, but Buffalo-Pinball, you can leave us a message uh, for a future show. They uh, can't even figure out time zones. You want them to figure out dashes now? They're not going to do that. We didn't get a lot. <laughs> they didn't figure it out for this. Um, uh, but we're giving away a copy of Just Pinball the Zine. Uh, we have a few of them to give away. So let's go to our, let's see, I have to go under here and I go to messages. And then if I go here, so we hear, this was the, this was the sample one. We'll play it again. Uh, this is from Goran. We answered this last week, but this will be our test. Yes. I'd like to ask uh, each bro, what is your favorite topper and what do you like about it? Yeah. So we answered that last time. Goran giving a good example. So the next one uh, comes to us from Ben, Chrome Candy Pinball Crane. Are you ready? Once you go Zach, you don't go back. There you go. Thank you. Look at that. That was it. That's all he said. That's all uh, you need to know. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Thank Dr. you, Ben. Dr. Ben from Rochester. He's so right. The next one comes to us from Limelight247, uh, Nick Kaiser. Uh-huh. Are you ready? No. This question's for all the bros, um, and it has to do with the limelight that you may receive as a top competitive player and all-around streamer uh, for the Buffalo pinball community. Uh, how do you deal with that mentally? Is there any tricks, tips, or um, exercises that you may do to keep your brain in tip-top shape uh, so that you can keep giving us the great content that you do? Right. That feels like a question for Nick Lane to me. You've been accused of being in the spot in the limelight. How do, how do you how do you do it? How do you handle it? Well, see, unfortunately, my uh, my friends bear the blunt of it because I had to call them or talk to them about like what some lunatics said about me on the internet or what lunatic business owner treated me. So Kevin, Kevin bears the brunt of listening to like the uh, craziness. Can't well, I can we can talk? You know. We, we, we talk about like what this this lunatic said or what this person did and we're just like are you kidding me mm-hmm. kind of or uh talk to my friend joe man who's probably listening shout out to joe man and joe man just like trying to wrap his mind around like some of the uh youtube comics He's like i don't know how you do it like, <laughs> I, was, I was just like i just i know what's on the internet like yeah. like we're just it's just like i don't know just trying to wrap your mind it's like when you're a, a like a normal quote-unquote mentally healthy individual like and you try to wrap your mind around that like, it doesn't work. Like, yeah. Martha's trying to wrap her mind around, like, it's like, I don't know how Elizabeth Holmes can, you know, sell this this blood test product that is giving people, you know, um, results that are life-threatening and stuff. I was like, because she's a lunatic. Like, she's like, like, once you understand that, people are, like, just crazy and that you can't put yourself and try to understand from your perspective. You're just like, oh, they're nuts. <laughs> you well, know? it's like when I'm going through the YouTube comments and I see something that's like, it's insane. I just said, I'm like, I have to send this to Nick. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah. It's on this, you know? I know. It's that, crazy. There's crazy people out there. It, but it's, for the most part, like, like our chat is really good. Like, I, I see the, we always make it a, like a joke, though. I, I always see, like, I, I might get upset for like a half a second, but I always see like the humor in it. Like, mm-hmm. it always turns into like a joke that we yeah. laugh about. Yeah, like, for are, sure. you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, what does this fucking idiot say? Well, like, like, like last month with the, uh, this review versus uh, impressions. You'd work better on your reviews. Well, it wasn't a review. It was, yeah. it was our impressions, it's, right? Yeah. It's, you just got to roll we'll just it. make fun of you, all you know? Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. So that, thanks, Nick. All right. The last one The last one was the most serious. So okay. I, this comes to us from Ian Jacoby from Detroit, Thank you, Detroit, Ian, Michigan. for sending a real question. Yes. Here we go. 
Hey y'all, uh, this is Ian, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I was just wondering what you thought that Spooky Pinball could do going forward to um, give better value to the people who are buying their games. I'm a big Spooky fan, um, but I totally understand uh, the criticisms that people have leveled against them, so, uh, including, including you guys, which I don't think you're haters or anything, but uh, yeah, as... as Experienced pinball players, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So, all right, thanks, guys. Bye. So, what do you think? What can what can Spooky do to uh, to improve going forward? Um, that's yeah, uh, first of all, it's a good question. Thanks for recognizing that we're not haters; that we can criticize a um, a particular machine or a particular aspect of a company, but not hate a company, right? Like, so good job for having critical thing is because I appreciate, I appreciate people. <laughs> Seems like a reasonable human being. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so I, I love reasonable questions and uh, I think this is a really good one. What, what can they do? The, the interesting thing is that Spooky doesn't have to change their model. They can keep on doing from a business perspective what they've always done if they're profitable off of it because as we've seen for Halloween, people just order the, the, the game before they've even played it, and Spooky makes money, and they profit off that. So there's no motivation, and there's no business motivation for them to change as of right now. I don't, and I, as we talked about, people, like, the hobby's crazy. People are just throwing money at games. If they're licensed, they throw money at it. Um, they don't need to do anything. I know that doesn't answer your question, but I'm just saying, like, it's rational for them to keep on doing what they're doing, even if that means, like, kind of shoddy workmanship on some of their games are, are coming off as not as maybe and and again you know it's it's not like stern doesn't do things or jjp doesn't do things that are like how how this ever leave the factory but like on the whole um spooky doesn't have the manufacturing capabilities that stern or jjp does and it shows a lot of times so what would have to change i don't know i think they're they're in a really um small location they live in a town with like 800 people so that means that you're sort of limited on certain things, such as a, a workforce, maybe. I'm sure they have the land and to create a huge factory, but you need people to work in that. It seems that if Spooky were to graduate to being on the same level of quality of, of Stern and JJP, they would have to move to an area where they have just a, a larger workforce, bring more people on the line, um, and then really decide to up up their quality of their standards. I mean, it's, it's a decision that they have to make, too, at the same time. So... Um, I don't profess to know the answer there, but I think they're they're probably a little handicapped based on um, just the, the kind of small area where the, where, where they live in and, and what options they have available to themselves. So yeah, that was going to be my response. Is too. it like, okay? Um, it's their their physical location. Like they're they're limited in workforce. I know they recruit a lot of like high school students to put these games together. That that workforce is going to turn over. You're going to have to train new people. Um, you know, any I think to. It, to a certain extent, anybody who's making like minimum wage assembling anything is going to have, you know, they're only going to put so much effort into making these pinball machines. They don't have the passion for them like we do. Uh, and they're going to be trained to do a certain thing uh, over and over again. And that can be repetitive and annoying. Like I used to work in a print shop and I would print stuff all day and it gets really old and boring. And even with that, there's like some level of like creativity and, uh, like how you managed it and, and ran the, the 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 printing press and stuff like that. So there was there's skill involved there. It wasn't just assembling widgets all day. 
So, but even doing something like that, you're just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. So, or I don't know, maybe hiring more. I mean, I'm sure the turnover at Stern and JJP is huge too at the same time. So I know what you're saying by that or hiring more senior people who are just providing more, um, quality control and oversight. Maybe, maybe even just that. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of those things like on Rick and Morty where like the play field wasn't as thick and like the flippers were hovering. It doesn't matter who you have on the assembly line or where your location is like that kind of stuff just shouldn't happen it should have never left the factory like that yeah so, that was higher up in the in the assembly yeah the decision making process yeah you know pin island says he's owned two new box spookies never thought they had shoddy workmanship each experience is different okay nice reasonable response yeah i mean i'm, I'm glad i mean people have commented on our last video and most people were respectful like they've had like good experiences so I'm, I'm happy to hear that right yeah they're very good about customer service right so yeah uh at least they're not just like shipping out games and being like oh you're on your own now they're they take care of their customers and that's that's why people continue to go back to them part of part of the reason why people continue to go yeah back. i mean like um let's just let's just say for the sake of argument that like a um stern and jtp are a level companies in pinball spooky's like a like a b right like that that's they're just one step below that i i'd say they need to move you move up there a little bit, whereas American Pinball is probably like an A around that A minus, you know, something something like that, right? The, I I don't know if I gave a good answer. You kind of, we kind of said the same thing, um, and we kind of talked through it a little bit, and even even the workforce doesn't change that. I, I don't know. I, they're just a smaller operation. Yeah, I they think just you, need to mature as a company. A little yeah, more, I, think. I think they got to grow and get a little bit bigger. They yeah. got to. I I think they got to graduate, and that's why I talked about in the last podcast. It's like. Um, we kind of gave them a pass for a lot of things because they were small, but they've been in this for almost a decade now, and it's kind of like, okay, well, I think you got to graduate to that next step and and, and invest in that, whether that's more uh, QC people or just not allowing some things to lead the the line where you know pinball can fall into a cabinet. There's just those kind of stuff. All right. So we we got copies of the magazine. We'll we got I got enough to send to all of you. So Ian, shoot in. So I know Nick and Ben, we can we can uh, connect up with you guys and get you your magazines. Ian, shoot an email to Buffalo Pinball. Actually, send it to talkpinball at gmail.com and, uh, with your address, and we'll, we'll ship you a magazine. So thanks, thanks everybody, for submitting their uh, voicemails. It'll be an ongoing thing if you want to shoot a, shoot a voicemail and, and have us play it on the, on the show. Um, these were good examples of uh, length and quality. So uh, uh, keep them coming. We, we like hearing back from you guys. Okay, what's next? Uh, Buffalo update. So, okay. So, a couple updates from us as Buffalo Pinball, both streaming online and, and locally. Uh, the big news is we have a new streamer joining the, the channel, TurboGrafx-7. So, Ryan and Dave, uh, they're starting this Friday with the channel. So, they stream at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. So, you'll be able to check them out starting this Friday uh, at Buffalo Pinball on twitch um they have a great collection so uh between ryan and dave they have dave's got this insane collection of of uh rare uh classics so he's got like zacharia games and bally bally stuff and all sorts of neat stuff and then ryan's got he's got a p3 which you know i was like well you got a p3 you can join the channel now uh but he's also got uh, a good collection of more modern stuff he did unfortunately just get rid of his uh spy hunter so you won't be seeing Spy Hunter on the channel, as, as amazing as that game is. But um, yeah, you'd be lot, lots of variety. Um, and and Dave is actually the uh, um, the uh, support guy at American Pinball, so he's very good with tech. He does playfield restoration. Um, so if, 
you know, I watched the stream of him like painting play fields and color matching and all this stuff. So he's an amazing, uh, technical, um, streamer as well. So check them out, uh, starting every Friday night, nine Eastern, eight central at twitch.tv slash Buffalo pinball. Also returning this week is the bro show. It's coming back. I just wanted to say I, Kevin's kind of our, uh, our, our scout for talent. And I just want to thank Kevin for bringing on some more, some more blondes. It's a, it's a, almost a completely blonde channel and bald, blonde and bald. That's, <laughs> that's what right. we do. So if you're blonde and you're bald, send us an audition tape, and you might be able to be on the uh, Buffalo Pinball we, stream. We, we needed more people that look like Tuna and Nick. Doesn't have to be a guy. You could yeah. be a blonde, a blonde woman too. Yeah. So that's cool. We yeah. don't discriminate on on sex. It's just hair color and and amount of hair. <laughs> between uh, between uh, Dave and uh, yeah, tuna, tuna and you and Ryan. Ryan's blonde. Ryan. Well, Ryan. I think Ryan might be redhead. You can confirm it. Do we ink the deal? Uh, yeah, we'll talk. Okay, we'll get the th- picture of the all of you together at a uh, pinball show. We're someday. counting him. We had a, a, a bunch of us blondes got together. We're counting him as blonde. So, all right. Uh, I said a blonde woman would work. Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> Strawberry blonde. It counts. A, a bald blonde woman. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, so yeah, the bro show is coming back. It's our our usual uh, post Labor Day return. We're going to be doing it every Thursday at eight Eastern. We're kicking it off with Heist on the P3. These guys haven't played much Heist, so it's going to be fun uh, introducing uh, some of the crew here to that game. Uh, we're going to have, hopefully, a giveaway from Multimorphic. They haven't confirmed, but he said he wants to do something. So uh, you get to vote Team Nick or Team Kevin and, and get in on, on some of our giveaways. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, additionally, streaming-wise, uh, on September 18th, we will be streaming the League Finals from the 2019-2020 season. We're finally finishing that up. We're going to be here at my place. So I'll be streaming that uh, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern on the 18th. Then we'll we'll probably have a camera on uh, some games during uh, League that night as well. Um, Tournament-wise, we had a couple of tournaments. Nick's inspecting my, my Tron toy. <laughs> show, show everybody at home. There you go. He's, he's, it's, is this uh, from Legacy? Uh, yes. Because he's got his backpack yeah, on. Yeah, he's jumping into the he's Tron cabinet. Yep, there you go. He didn't jump in the Tron cabinet in the movie, though. No, he it's a little, bit of a, bit, a little bit of a stretch. Um, yeah, so we had a Mandalorian launch party tournament. That we was did. fun. That was fun. Um, we also did a... Uh, uh, what the heck's it called? The Stallball tournament down at Masuda Chow's for charity. We did. Uh, both tournaments had very light turnout. Mm-hmm. which um, is My like speculation is it's uh summertime in Buffalo, which is you, you, you take what you can get, but also COVID. So yeah, it wasn't my choice to run the tournaments. We were asked by the venues and I was kind of, I'm, I'm happy to do so by the way, but I just worried about the light turnout and it, and it, it did pan out to be light turnout. Yeah. Um, so that's a little disappointing, but our league is totally sold out and <laughs> sold out really quick. So to so our league sold out in a couple hours. Yeah. That's amazing. So there's demand, just maybe not tournaments in August demand, or I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I, I thought what might balance it out is that people were just excited to go to any kind of pinball event or tournament, so yeah. that might offset it. That that didn't happen. No. You know, I, again, it's just like when you live in Buffalo, um, our summers are really awesome in Buffalo, by the way, like mm-hmm. really good. Uh, I think that's what tricks people into staying in Buffalo because winters aren't aren't great. But um, I think people just don't want to give up a weekend for a spell. Because when we had 
and then I, I don't know COVID. I don't know how you can factor in COVID. There's yeah. a lot of people not going out. Like, I'm not going to the um, Cleveland show because of the Delta variant being bad. Even though when, you know, we talked about going two months ago, I was I was in. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, I, I get it, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I get it. You never know what somebody's situation is. So, yep. people, people being careful. Like, um, Summer didn't come out for the tournament, even though she's vaccinated. And Summer works, uh, Summer's one of our officials, and she works, uh, goes into like a lot of group homes and stuff for work. I guess everybody was vaccinated there and they still, there's a COVID outbreak. So she's like, I'm, I'm not going to come down because I was just exposed and I don't want to get people sick, which is nice. That's what a good person does. Right. Yeah. Like I, t- I talked to my wife about going to Cleveland after we talked about it. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't go. And she's like, you should just go because <laughs> things aren't going to get better over the winter. So, and you know, we're vaccinated and I'll have my mask on the whole time. So yeah. I'm pretty comfortable with it. I'm going to be rooming up with Jeff. So, and I know he's vaccinated. So. If you get something, it won't be COVID from Jeff. Exactly. Um, New Bed asks, is our league vaccinated? And yes, it, it is. is. We are requiring uh, proof of vaccination. We're also allowing hosts to require masks at their uh, location. And yeah, obviously. No, they're not required. They have The, the host can. The host can The host can require it, but right. the league doesn't require masks. Right. Uh, and obviously, make that distinction. You, you can wear a mask if you want. Wear, yeah. Uh, whatever yeah. you want. But yeah. as a league, we're not. But because we have... We're opening up homes to uh, uh, to invite 26 people in to come play pinball. We're giving hosts the option: Hey, if you want to require masks at your at your house, we totally get it. Uh, we're gonna allow it. Yeah, I mean, we have 26 people, and like these are small spaces because you're packing 26 people in. It's uh, you know, yeah. we're, we're 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 doing what we can to navigate a bad situation, right? Like. So I think everybody's been understanding so far. And mm-hmm. we like we just sent out an email the other day. We're like, look, when we were launching our league, we had vaccinated. We didn't get anybody who had a problem with that. Right. If they did, they just didn't, they didn't sign up, which is the rational thing to do rather than stamp your foot around like a child. Um, and then we had to put out an email, which is just like, look, you know, things have been bad the last couple of weeks. We're seeing people who are vaccinated get uh, get COVID. We're, we're inviting people into houses. So, you know, if a host wants to require you to wear a mask, then we're, we're obviously supportive of that. It's just like a host saying, take off your shoes in my house, right? Like you don't say, I'm not doing that. Why are you making me take your shoes off? It's like, get the fuck out of here if you don't want to <laughs> comply with that. So um, it's not a league wide thing, but it's just a, a host thing. But we're, we're trying to make the most of a, a pandemic, which I, I, is this your first pandemic, Kevin? It's my first. Yeah. It's my first too. Yeah, I was not around in uh, 1918. Yeah, it's my first. Spanish my my yeah. first too. So it sucks, man. I I hate wearing a mask. You know, mm-hmm. like I I get it. I hate having to get a, like the idea of getting a shot. All this stuff sucks, dude. I'm just happy we can play pinball. Can we just get through and play pinball <laughs> with friends? That's all I want to do. I it was it, it was a it, in some ways it was nice to take some time off uh, last year, but I miss playing pinball. So, yep. with friends. Uh, masks are really annoying when you have glasses, too, because they fog up. So, I'm not looking forward to doing that, but I'm also looking forward to staying safe. And you got to build an excuse already. <laughs> exactly. If you were Jay Fair, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We, 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 were, we were taking bets on uh, how long it would take Jay to use the mask as an excuse uh, for poor play. And I think it's going to be on the first game he plays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wildcat wonders, what can you... What what you can do is anyone who doesn't want to wear a mask, you can set up a Thunderbirds in the driveway, <laughs> and they can only play that. I like that in the winter, have them outside playing Thunderbirds. Oh, uh, that's that's no, that's mean. <laughs> we can't be mean to people. So, that that's where we're at with the league. Um, what else is happening? Uh, the, oh, uh, uh, podcast developments. 
Uh, Amazon is now doing podcasts on their Amazon Music platform, and you can now get uh, Brody Even Talk Pinball on there. And after a year of screwing around with stuff on Google, we are finally back on Google after moving from Podcast Garden to uh, Anchor. If you ever need to do anything on Google that requires interacting with a human being, it's a challenge. They like to automate things, and getting a hold of somebody is not easy. So um, I was I tried to update the feed, and it was telling me the feed was already claimed by somebody else, and there was no way I could do it. But for for like the first six months, they were like, send an email, and then they changed their process halfway through, and they were like, oh, you can do it yourself now, and then it wasn't working. So we're back on Google, uh, the Google Podcast Directory, and also – New to Amazon. All right, that's all I had for Buffalo updates. Let's uh, let's talk some game room updates. Uh, why don't you kick it off? I'm trying to think game room updates. So well, you sent me some pictures. Yeah. All right. So I, I mentioned last time I was getting um, powder coated my Led Zeppelin Premium. Um, I'm not a powder coating guy. I mean, I, I would go over to James and Ben's house and see what they did, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. But I didn't. I don't. I'm not like gravitated towards like how many mods and what can I do with my machine I just usually want to play it but I messed up putting a sticker on and I damaged some of the side art around the flipper button so it was driving me nuts so hence now I got to throw more money at the problem but I figured it'd be a good excuse to powder coat it and also I talked before I didn't like how the art clashes between the play field and the cabinet so um, this is my first adventure into powder coating I wanted to do one, one important thing was to get the same rails that um, Stern uses on their LE where they're actually screwed into the cabinet. Um, I know a lot of people do the lollipop rails from Pinball Life where they're not screwed into the cabinet. Like They, they use the pre-existing screws in the cabinet, but there's not pre-existing screws on pros and premiums that are, are around like the, um, the flipper button. So... That requires drilling um, a hole in the cabinet, but the benefit is it, it hugs the cabinet like the LE. The lollipop rails, I mean, I don't like how they float out there. You can actually push them into the cabinet. It feels weird. It feels cheap. So I wanted to do that right. Um, I had a local powder coater do it. It's really hard to take pictures of that because it, it came out way more orange, so I had to like lower the brightness a little bit, and I think that's pretty accurate of how it looks. I think it's pretty good. Think it, I think it came out great. Like I think it really picks up the colors. I think that if Stern did it, they would have, would have done it like that. Um, I love the black. I love the orange. I love picking up the orange from the Led Zeppelin uh, um, text in, in the game. Um, it matches like the playfield orange perfectly because there's such a uh, gradation of, of orange. I said that right, right? Yeah, I think you nailed it. <clears throat> um, I went with, you know, I went with... Um, prismatic powder it's uh one of the powder coating options and i went with flat hot orange so that's not glossy everybody does glossy the only reason i didn't do glossy was like the powder coater local guy he like he steered me off of that so i didn't want to ask him to do something he's not comfortable with so i was really apprehensive i was like maybe i made a huge mistake but i think it looks great on my machine it's more of a satin finish and what's great about that is it doesn't show fingerprints at all like I've been maybe somebody can help me out here and know more about powder coating. After putting that on there, and like I like I like your powder coated games, Kevin. I've had a ACDC, my um my dialed in. Um, but after playing it and not having like fingerprints all over, I'm like, wait, why would we put glossy on a pinball machine? Yeah, it kind of looks good, but it doesn't look great with fingerprints all over it. 
So hopefully that holds up as well. I don't know if like the gloss might protect the color a little bit more. Maybe that will fade over time. I have no idea. This is all new to me, but I'm happy with the way it came out. I'm not going to go wild and do this on all my machines unless I just, you know, have a situation where I'm trying to burn money, but, um, <laughs> a real Robert Mueller kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy the way it ended. Um, shout out to Matt Taylor for helping me install that and put that on my game. You know, you get an engineer to do it and you should see the way he like smartly, like put the screws in. I wasn't worried at all. <laughs> That's right. You got it. Nick needs a, they have a, an adult come over and help. Yeah. Well, yeah. you were, you were going to chrome out Tron? Yeah, you, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I wouldn't. Don't do. I, I, mean, I heard. Really cr- I heard Chrome doesn't hold up well. It looked good on that uh, um, Ferris Bueller game we were looking at. But, but you also play the crap out of your games. Usually. Yeah, it's true. I mean, so. I, I'm not playing Tron as much as I did when I first got it. But um, um so okay, so what else? I got more you updates. You got those like side blade protector things. Right? Yeah. So shout out to. I'm trying to pull it up. Um, they're. I got it from Pinball Life. They're not the ones who make it. They're just like a dealer in it. It's called Interior Cabinet Game Blade Protector Set. So it's made by Pinball Universe. I think that's a German company or something. Um, so this is this is this is a no-brainer. I highly highly recommend it. It's thirty-four ninety-five. What you do is that you you put it inside your uh, pinball cabinet, like you know the on the side of the cabinet, in, the inside side of the cabinet. Usually, where you have maybe pinball art, or even if you don't have pinball art. What it's doing is that when you raise up the play field, I know I've done this. I mean, you know, you raise your play field up on games a lot. Like when you're working on it, just moving things around, checking it. Um, and it, it could scrape it. Like it, it, there's such a, like a small gap between the play field and the side of the, the interior cabinet that inevitably you're going to put some marks in there, especially if you have installed play field art on the side. And, and with Led Zeppelin Premium, obviously I got those, um, the expression lighting on there and the side art. So. You put that in there and you just raise and lower without thinking about it. No anxiety, no worry. It's the best, you know, $35 you're going to spend to protect uh, your games. It goes, even games, again, that don't have art, I'll put it in there before I raise and lower the play field. And then last but not least, um, I want it to be cool like Kevin, so I put the Pin Monk fans on oh, Led Zeppelin Premium. Shit. This is like, you know, one crazy with this game. <laughs> really did. Emphasis on crazy. Uh, I don't know if that, that game is a long playing game. I mean, that game, sometimes I have like, you know, 20 to 40 minute games on that. And, um, I don't know if I notice it as much as it's hard to say. I think I'll notice it more when I go back and play another game. I never really had a huge problem with it. Although on some longer games, I'm like, did I not make that shot because they're not as strong? You know, you just don't know. Or it's like, am I starting to miss shots because now the shot's a little different on the flipper? I just wanted the game to play consistently, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's muscle memory. You know where the, the shot should be in the flipper, and the game's always going to feel its best when it's not the shot's not moving around because the flippers are fading. So I was like 110 bucks um, With the Led Zeppelin, the Pin Monk uh, cooling fans, like I guess they don't fit in great, so he had to modify a little bit, but he was good. I think the guy's name is Victor. I reached out to him. He sent me like um, kind of a, a modified version of the bracket that went in there. I still had to shave a little bit off, but he's he was eager. He's like, send me pictures, send it back to me. He wanted to fix it, um, so he was he was great to work with. So shout out for that. He's also got a thing on his site where it shows like the flipper fade on Stern games. Like some games are worse than others. Again, I don't know if it's a product that everybody needs. I'm not gonna put it in any other games. Led Zeppelin was a longer playing game. I didn't think that there was a major problem with it, but. 
again, I, I, I love that game. It's a longer playing game, so I, I threw it in on that. Um, and the customer service was good. And it was like, I don't know, 110 bucks. It's not that much expensive. Now, is this a mod that Nick Lane installed himself? Uh, I did, yeah. Wow, there you go. Yeah. Nice. I did because I didn't have to raise the play field to do it. I can put it on the brackets and do okay. it from underneath. Right. Okay. So it's not as, it's still a pain in the ass for yeah. me to do it. Like it probably took me twice as long as it would have taken anybody else who can raise their play field. But I I did I did it. You know. Yeah. Oh, and, I put the play field all the way up when I did them on GNR, and I I like them on GNR. They make a big difference as far as like consistency. Like you like you were saying like. I could tell, like after streaming it for like an hour, like I'm definitely not making that shot the way I was when I first yeah started. yeah. So yeah, yeah. you just want the game, and I'm I'm more confident having it at league night now. Like anybody who plays it later in the day is going to have the same flipper strength that they had earlier in the day, right? Krim Cannon says, "I think flipper fade is fake news to sell two dollar fans for ninety nine. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't know if I notice a huge. I, I, I might be solving a problem that really didn't exist." Well, I think there's less of a an issue on Stearns. I've I've heard on Spooky and and JJP, you you, yeah. you notice it more, and it depends on like game, right? Like, I don't necessarily think I need it on my other JJPs. I don't feel the fade that bad. And flipper fades have been around forever. You've seen it at at tournaments and stuff when games get played all day. They the flippers fade. It's it's just a thing. It's thermodynamics, right? Like things heat up and they 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 work less. They don't work as efficiently. So, uh, it's it, yeah. it's a real thing, but it, it varies by game. Yeah, I think uh, again I mentioned this last time, but uh, he's like he's got a thing on his website. He's kind of talked about flipper fade per game, and, uh, and Stranger Things is like the worst offender, allegedly. So maybe it, maybe that game. Uh, and then lastly, just an update on the um, God, what are the speaker system that I bought? Uh, <laughs> I what they're called. They're never going to sponsor you. No, no <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm struggling. <laughs> Right, pinwoofer. Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm today. like it had to be pin something. It's always. Pin I thought something. it was pinwoofer, and then I like doubted myself. Yeah, so pinwoofer. Um, yeah, I got the, I got it dialed in now. It sounds great. So I'm really happy with nice. that. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with that. Cool. So I'm really happy with the state of my game at this point. Awesome. Uh, all right, I've I've done a couple things. I have my big thing was I I decided like I got that Willy Wonka from Skip back in January, and playing it. So playing it on stream, I have no problem because I put tons of light on it. But then when you, when I'm not streaming, it's like super dark. It's just a really dark game. The GI in it is very dim, and there's not a lot of spotlights. Like on Pirates, I feel like they did a good job putting spotlights all over to to light up the play field and like under the one ramp, uh, under the the ramp going to the the ship. There's an LED strip, so there's like nice additional light on Pirates to to light up that game where um, Wonka just got a couple like little LED spotlights and stuff that don't really do a lot. And I was like, do I want to do pin stadiums? But and I was playing my Adams and my Dr. Who, and they both have really, I put the uh, comic kit in there that added spotlights and LED strips and stuff like that. I was like, maybe I should do something like that for Wonka. And so I emailed comment because it, um, JJP games use 12 volt uh, for the GI instead of like six and a half volts, which you get on most uh, other games. So I was like, how do you guys do this for JJP games? And they said, well, we actually, the best way we found is to run it off of the coin door bulb. So their matrix kit lets you tap into any bulb on the, on the play field. And then you can run these little like connecting wires with connectors all over to anywhere you want to add additional light. So I added coming, coming off of the coin door. I added, um, so basically you're you put, replace the coin door bulb with 
their bulb that has not only like a flex bulb on it, but also one of the connectors coming out and that becomes your, your tap for the rest of the lights you put on. Uh, I put two dual spotlights on the slingshots. I put a trough light in to light kind of underneath the flipper area. And I also did a uh, strip across the back under the back box to light up the, the back area. So it looks, it looks, it looks good. Like um, it's all natural white. Um, it's obviously not as bright as you would get with doing like pin stadiums or something like that, that, but I feel like it's a good kind of middle ground. And, uh, eh, basically I just, I needed a project and I wanted to give it a shot. It was about a hundred bucks to do the whole game. So it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I'll have to show Nick when we're done here so you can check out the, the brightness on Wonka. So that, that was my big pinball project. Um, video game wise, uh, Nick, do you know what a Vectrex is? Mm-mm. This is a Vectrex. Ew. <laughs> Ew. It's fucking gross. <laughs> Look at that. It's from like 82. And it's a it's a home console with a vector monitor in it. So like the kind of monitor you have in a Tempest. Um, it's black and white. Looks amazing. Um, so I've actually... This is going to the Girl Geek eventually. Uh, we made a deal there where she she's going to be buying this. But then the pandemic hit and we haven't hung out since then. And I'm not going to ship it because it's huge and delicate. So... That's a Vectrex, but um, I, I'm showing that because a, the, a new product came out and I saw it on Twitter and I was like, well, I'm selling my Vectrex. So this looks really cool. So this is a, called the Pytrex. So it's a cart that you can um, you connect a Raspberry Pi to um, right there, the Raspberry Pi Zero. It just plugs into the top of it. Here, I'll show you. You got to get the, the Raspberry Pi with the header on it. Click it on like that. And then you can load an SD card on the side, and then you can actually run arcade game ROMs using MAME. Uh, it, it just boosts the uh, – uh, it, it's, it's got all the – so the, the Vectrex games are open source. Like the company said, you can just have them for free, so you can distribute the ROMs and uh, download the ROMs free of charge. So every Vectrex game is on there. Um, there's games that are custom made for the Pytrex to play on – the Vectrex, so there's games that do way more than you'd ever be able to do with a, a standard Vectrex game. It's really cool. So uh, I've been tinkering with that. So if you got a if you got a Vectrex laying around and you want to do some new stuff with it, uh, check out the Pytrex. Um, got a new game for my Jaguar. It's back there, uh, Speedball 2. Uh, I've been playing that. And um, I'm getting a new desk. So maybe the next time we do a podcast, you'll see, be sitting oh, wow. on a okay, new cool. gamer desk. Why are you um, getting a new desk? Um, because working from home is going to be a thing long term, and mm. when I bought this, it was just like I'll use it once a month for the podcast. Get a stand up desk. Um, I didn't get a stand up desk, but it's a more like contoured one. I like my okay, like my chair, um, and it'll give me the ability to like mount monitor stands and stuff to it and stuff. So um, we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be looking good. We'll be we'll be uh, feeling good in that our home office here. So that's it for game room updates. You brought this up. Last time, and you said when we do game room updates, we should talk about what we've been playing. So, what have yeah. you been playing in your game room? I've been, I'm still playing a lot of Led Zeppelin Premium. Yeah, well, it's your newest game, so it's it, my go-to. That makes sense, right? Yeah, so I'm, I've had it for about a month and a half, and I'm still loving it. I think it's uh, it might be my favorite CERN of all time. It's possible. It's, I mean, I, I can't make a statement like that when I'm in, the, you know, still. The, I don't know when the honeymoon stage ends, right? Yeah, like yeah. after a few months, but like because you loved Iron Man for a long time. I did. I did love Iron Man for a long time. It's my first game. It was. It was. It was great. Um, you know, and it, and it changes over over time, right? So your your game that's your favorite 
even after the honeymoon stage might change in a few years as new games that come out right. or you just you just evolve as a player and there are things that you were once impressed with you're not like i remember when i started off like i could not for the life of me understood why people liked lord of the rings and spider-man and uh i was just early in, in pinball and i just still didn't understand the complexity of rules i learned the rules and i i, I get why people like that game even though it's not for me but anyways um yeah i think uh It'd be interesting if I feel like that way a year from now, but I think Led Zeppelin premiums like all, like everything I want in like a pinball machine. Believe it or not, it's real ass. What about Walking Dead? Because I know that was your favorite for a while. Too. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think that that's had the top spot of um, of Stern for the longest time. That's been, that's been number one. So I mean, I'm not selling that game. It's not going anywhere. Um, I think I think it's a great game. Um, is it? My favorite Stern, I, I mean, Led Zeppelin Premium is right now. Maybe that, maybe Led Zeppelin, I'd put number two. Stern, favorites, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, people. I like it. I think it's a great game, but it's uh, sometimes frustrating. Yeah. Um, Walking Dead. When, when we when we stream, we get asked a lot, what's your favorite game of all time? And I, I, I don't really have an all-time favorite game. I have like, like a selection of games that I really love. I don't. I don't think I have like an all-time favorite game. Yeah. So Berg Bookie. Yeah, I mean, like, I, f- I feel like I've talked about this. I don't mind answering again. Do you feel the same about Led Zeppelin Pro? It just feels so empty. I'm, I'm quoting. It just feels so open and empty, and the dead end shot instead of a feed. So, no, I don't. I, I, I bought a premium, and I talked about this in my review. It's like I look to buy a Pro when I can and save money. Sometimes the Pro is even a better version. Believe it or not. Um, yeah, Led Zeppelin Pro. Not interested in that game. Um, I don't I don't understand why in the Led Zeppelin Pro they didn't just put that ramp shot in there because there's nothing else in there. So like why why won't you just put that the side ramp shot? I, I know that's a really weird that's a that I don't think we talked about last time and I thought about this after the fact like that's really weird that they just had that dead end because the ramp doesn't increase the cost that much. Yeah, like the toy I get it and the expression lighting you're getting. The premium is the overwhelmingly that's the way the game's supposed to be made. That's the way the game's supposed to be played. Um, you know, and uh, again, I thought, like shrug my shoulders on this. Like, I like open-ended games, kind of like I always kind of like twenty-four in the design and thought it was cool. All the shots were far back, but you know, the theme I didn't care for. The rules, not good. You know, this this game has just kind of come together, and and I, I absolutely love the rules. I love the the way the ball is always in motion on it. Um, I th- um, it's just I don't know, it's just clicking with me. Nice. All right, that brings us to our review of the month. I did, by the way, Ben. I I have for people who say the ramp shot is hard. I love how it's hard on Let's Up and Premium. My uh, high score ramp shot is seventeen shots in one game. So there you go. I hit that seventeen times. There you go. Uh, all right, let's let's do a review. Let's talk about the Mandalorian from CERN Pinball. So I got to do that, and then I got to do. And Ben's right. Twenty four is cool. It's just way too easy. Let's go! Before we can get to that, shout out to Newish Star. So we we obviously play their music on every time we do um, a bro show, and that review is also from Newish Star. You can check them out on Bandcamp. And now oh, the home of the pinball uh, podcast, uh, uh, Mid Lane and Kevin Manny of Buffalo Pinball. Us. 
boom shakalaka. In case you forgot it was us, it's still us. So the, this is us. We're doing a review of The Mandalorian. It's Stern Pinball's latest release. Um, it's a uh, 2020 release designed by Brian Eddy, art by Randy Martinez, Dwight Sullivan did the software, and sound by Jerry Thompson. Pricing, well, pricing used to be $61.99 for a Pro, $77.99 for a Premium, $91.99 for an LE, um, add $1,000 for the Premium, and $600 for the uh, Pro going forward. All right, so we're taking a look here uh, at uh, Mandalorian the Cabinet. So we're, we're going to be mostly talking about the Pro. I haven't played the – yeah. we're going to be exclusively talking about the Pro. We I've played, played the Premium, them. but I haven't played enough to yeah. – I, I, oh, I forgot you have actually played. I can remark on it, yeah. but I have like three games on it, so I'm not going to review the Premium. Yeah. But you can talk a little bit about yeah. some of the differences. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played the Premium or LE yet. Um, so let to set the table, how many times would you say you've played Mando Premium Pro? <sighs> so when do we get it? We get it in June, I think, or was it in May? Maybe May. Uh, it's been a, uh, it's yeah, been a maybe, while. Yeah. Maybe June. Yeah, I've probably played the game thirty times, maybe, and yeah. I the pro maybe twenty to thirty times um, over the last few months, and then premium maybe like two or three times. Yeah, because so we've had we did play the bro show on it. We had like um, Nick and Jeff and I went down one Friday night and just played it a bunch. Uh, we did the launch party tournament on it, so we played it some more there. So we've had we've had some good time on this. And I was like, I feel like we're in a good place to to review it. Um, uh, so let's start off talking about the art. So art is by Randy Martinez. I think it's really good. Yeah, um, it's got that comic book feel. So if you've seen the Star Wars comic book edition, it's the same artist. So everybody was uh, very excited when that came out. That was one of the big. One of the big criticisms of the original Star Wars game when it came out was the art. Um, uh, folks like the the comic book style on pinball. This is this is the kind of art I look for uh, that I like in pinball. I like the hand drawn art, um, comic style. You know, colors are good. It's got a very orangey kind of feel to it. Lots of explosions and stuff like that. Uh, not super overdone uh, art wise. Like like I feel like Zombietti like just packs his play fields with tons of art all the time. This has, this gives you some some room to breathe. Um, yeah, I think that's important. Like I, I like Sambietti, but like sometimes like again, art is so so subjective, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it's almost too much. Like I feel like there's a fine balance between just almost nothing, um, and then just really throwing the kitchen sink in there, right? And mm-hmm. be, you almost get lost because there's too much art like that's competing and, and the art could be awesome but does does that work on a play field yeah i think it also like makes the ball harder to track sometimes when the there's too much busyness happening on the play field um so yeah, yeah you gotta get a kind of find that balance but i think you know the art is composed well um uh it's it integrates with the play field they didn't just take like the like i don't know like a promotional graphic and slap it on the back box this is uh custom design for pinball you, you got bill burr on there what more do you want you know what i mean um so yeah this is this is good this is this is um in the top tier of, of pinball art in my book yeah they did a good job you know no doubt i think the uh, really nothing to knock on the art side of it above above average art art package i'd say yeah yeah, yeah I for agree. sure he's I mean, easily easy above average um all right so what do you think about the sound on this we we played on location but we've had them turn the music down in the 
in the room so we could hear the game more. What, what do you think about the, um, the sound, the yeah, callouts, the music? I, th- I think the, the music is the track from the show. I've never seen the show. Yeah, it's um, in there. the main theme is in there. So, yeah, the music's fine. I think there's some weirdness in the sound in it. It, and it does have kind of like an announcer. Do you know who the announcer is? A character from the show? Yeah, he's in there. It's uh, it's what's his name from uh, Billy Madison? <laughs> Not Am Sandler. I mean, that's no. All I know, but... uh, his coach. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, all in the hips. That guy. That's the announcer. Yeah, <laughs> Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers is, yeah, is... Yeah. that's him. Oh really? Yep. All right. <laughs> it didn't sound all right. It didn't sound like him. That's him. Yeah. He did. He did, does like all the callouts in there. All right. Well, so that's cool that they got Carl Weathers on. Then, then that's awesome. Tap it in. Yeah. See, everybody knows. Well, I, I just think <laughs> Carl Weathers from Arrested Development. That's where. Oh, there you go. Because he plays himself. In oh, that, nice. And you got to watch that show. But, I know. It's one I haven't seen. Uh, yeah. Well, it's weird. Like, so they have like I think the callouts are. I think we meant the callouts are good, and their callouts are working. They got Carl Weathers, and then there's just moments in the game where there's just like silence. Like there's, it's just like wait. What's going on? Like, there's, there's not been a call. There's, there's like you'll get to wisdom where like nothing's happening, no callouts, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And it's really bizarre. And then like, I hear Carl Weathers, the announcer, and then like in Bill Burr's multi ball, I hear the patented Bill Burr voice, like freaking <laughs> out voice, which is great. And then there might be some other actors that you hear once in a while, like from the clips from the show. But what is punctuated by the sound is just the total lack of it in certain moments and areas in the game, which is really weird yeah i remember getting to the the uh, mini wizard mode and the the up the middle shot mini wizard mode and it was just like oh wait this is a this is a wizard mode like but it just kind of started and there wasn't a lot of fanfare it was it was cool when you got into it like uh, i think the uh the gameplay was really cool in the mini wizard mode but uh you're right like the the presentation the choreography is is lacking a little bit and i think it just needs to be polished up a little bit more with yeah hopefully it's just a code thing that like they have the assets and it just needs to be plugged in there um why they aren't after it's been released for a few months is a little bizarre yeah um so yeah that's weird it just seems like something's wrong kind of vibe to it and and you know the the voices in a game is sort of like the art too, right? You don't want to go over the top of it, where it's just like chatterbox, and you, mm-hmm. you, you also notice when it's something's lacking, and and there's something definitely lacking in moments in that game. Yeah, it's funny. Like if if everything's going right, you don't notice it as much, but if there's something missing or lacking, then you're like, hmm, something something's not right there. Some some needs to be tweaked or improved. So yeah, I I'm with you on the sound. I like that they got the original theme. That's a, it's becoming an iconic uh, piece, and so it's important to have that in there. Um, I like that they got call-outs from one of the actors from the show, but yeah, again, it's, it's like, it just needs to all come together in a, in a package that, you know, I think of Ghostbusters, you know, with Dwight, I think Jerry Thompson did the sound on that too. That one strikes me as a really good sound package. It's, you know, it's got really good call-outs, the music, while it's not the original sound, the original movie sound all the time, it's got, um, songs that invoke the movie. So it makes you feel like, um, you're in there. So um, I know they can do it. I just, you know, you never know with licenses if it's a license restriction or if it's just like a, we haven't gotten there yet with the code yet. So yeah. we'll see. Um, toys. <laughs> it's got a toy in it. Let's show the toy. I got a picture of it. Where is he? There he is. Literal toy. That's not a toy, though. <laughs> it's not a toy. That's not a toy. Because it, it doesn't interact with the game at it's all. It's not a it's pinball a, toy. It's a doll. It, it's, a, it's a toy off the shelf at, uh, at Target or something. Yeah. 
So yeah, um, I guess the the upper play field on the premium is the toy, but it's a mini play field. I guess I guess if you consider the the ship on pirates a toy, then that would be a toy as well. Um, oh, and the the premium. Yeah, the premium. Yeah, so I'll, even though this is a review of the pro, um, I thought the moving upper play field on the premium was really cool. Yeah, like I liked it. That's cool. Like I was like, oh okay, like I. Like, if I was going to get this game, I would get the premium. Yeah, so that's the, we're looking at now, if you're watching, this is the, the premium. It tips up and down, and it also has two flippers on it instead of one. On the Pro, you get one flipper and the, the rubber there to kind of bounce it around on. And a lot of times on the Pro, it doesn't feed to the flipper. There's one flipper on the Pro, and that um, when it comes out of the diverter, it's supposed to kind of feed to it, but sometimes it will just dribble out. Which is super annoying. Where that doesn't yeah, happen yeah. on the premium. Really, the premium, you always get a chance to flip it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, you can trap it on the flipper and have control of it. So yeah, that's it's it becomes really annoying. We'll we'll talk. We'll get to that. But um, the premium also has like uh like you know that the three kind of the horseshoe turnaround shots like the super jackpot yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a actually a return ramp somewhere on the premium. Oh, yeah. which is, it which like is really lowers nice. and raises, which is cool. Oh, it does. I didn't premium, even notice yeah. that. See, that's how little. It's got yeah. a little like, turnaround ramp that uh, the, raises and lowers. Yeah, so it's not just like that upper play field, which moves, which is cool. You've got a better ramp system. And then it's got that magnet up by Grogu. Yeah, Grogu. Says, yep. Grogu, all mm-hmm. right, which is uh, – that's also really weird, by the way. I guess we can talk about when we get there. But. <laughs> okay. Um, to, you know, Balser said the ship on Pirates move. So, yeah, we were making the distinction. The, on the Pro, the upper play field is just flat and static with one flipper. On the premium LE for Mando, it's actually like tips it back and forth like this, and it's got two flippers where you can shoot on it, so it, it moves too. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about toys. Obviously, the ship is better than I mean, I shouldn't say obviously, but it is better. It is, it it is, is more to do. It is better. It's cooler. But this is again, we don't have to play this game where it's like this is bad. Like it, it's cool. Like you want this game, I I would definitely lean. I don't. I haven't played it enough, but I would definitely lean towards the premium there if I if this is something that I did want. Yeah, I was impressed by the the moving upper playfield when I saw the reveal. It's like, oh, that's cool. It's yeah, uh, it's a it's a mech that I haven't seen before. They're trying something different. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Um, display and lighting. Um, so we got the stern uh, LCD screen on this one. Uh, it's got Dwight Sullivan lighting, which. Um, he's been accused of like using a lot of flasher effects and stuff like that in the past. I don't really notice that on this game. Didn't seem bad. It seemed fine. The line seemed seemed solid. Like yeah. seemed good. Yeah. Wasn't detracting from the game. You know, we weren't playing in we kind of were playing in a dark room yeah. the other day. So yeah, I think it was good. The thing that's weird when you step up to the game, there's no it doesn't indicate in lights that you have to shoot the ramps to start a mode. It's just like you step up and it the only arrows that are lit are the arrows that point to the the, yeah the dong the, the, the whatever true. it's called that's <laughs> so, an r or something I don't yeah know. um the, the, the sh- middle shot. ship his ship yeah it's not it's not clear to a novice player like they have to like shoot right ramp then shoot left well you ramp can even stupid going. you can even the first mode you can even put in the scoop and that will light the scoop to start it right which is weird too yeah so yeah. it will after you hit like the ramp it will light it to start like that then it, then it tells you to shoot the other one yeah which you're probably gonna figure out but it would be nice. It'd be, yeah, there should be better indicators on that. That's an easy thing to fix in yeah. the software. Not a big deal. Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll update that in a, a, a software update. Like you said, easy fix. Um, gameplay. All right, let's talk about the gameplay. So the, the shots, how it flows, how it shoots, 
What are your thoughts on, on the gameplay and the layout of this game? So the shots are tight, but very findable. Yeah. And um, I found that I think it shoots pretty damn good. Uh, I think Brian Eddy did, did a, a good job of creating a, a unique play field, which is not like radically different than anything. Um, you, you might think it's tough at first. It might take you a minute to find the shots. You might do a lot of bricks. But then once you get it, you know where they are, and they make the shots make sense. I think um, where the playfield issues that I have, where it doesn't maybe work out great, is sometimes I, I was getting some rejects or rattles from like the orbits. It would kind of go halfway there and not be clean and come back down. Not a ton, not bad. I, I think some people might have had to do adjustments, um, but not the smoothest thing in the world e- either. Uh, again, it's probably just, I mean, they're pretty tight. I'm trying to pack a lot with those shots. Um, again, on the pro hitting it up there and not getting the ball on that flipper is annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't just put like the flipper on the other side so you can trap up because the premium sets it up for you for, to be able to trap up and have control of the ball. So shooting it up that shot and having it dribble out is really annoying. Um, and just not, I would say that's a play field design flaw there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think, you know, I've looked on the forums and other people, most people have that. It seems to be normal. Like it's not like a setup as far as I can tell. And, it should just work out of the box fine. So it's just an annoying thing that you kind of got to deal with on the pro. Um, and then you've got kind of kind of really bizarre to me. You've got a lot of real estate used in the upper left corner of this play field for like the child lanes. There's like five lanes that spell child. Yeah. That's where Grogu is. And it seems, and you remarked on this really mm-hmm. early on, even playing it, it just seems underutilized. Um, you're not you can kind of completely ignore that area. Um, I was getting deep into the game, getting good scores in the tournament and just, just totally ignoring that area. Yet it, it takes up like 15% of the play field or something ridiculous. So it's kind of bizarre. Now, is that on Brian Eddy or is that on rules? Because I mean, ultimately when you're making rules for a game, you're choosing as the person with the rules, what shot the players need to hit or focus on to, to score. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I think this is more of a Dwight thing, but it still just seems like a lot of real estate is dedicated to there. And as I mentioned on the premium, there's a magnet that will shoot up there, will stop it, and the magnet will kind of move it around, and then it kind of randomly will fall into a, a child lane. But I almost think the magnet is even worse. Like, oh, really? It's really weird. It would almost. I think one time it actually took it and threw it away from it, so it didn't go in any lane. <laughs> I was like, this is a feature? Like, like, I finally got it back there. I wanted to go over a lane. Yeah, it was just really... Uh, you can forgive me if, if maybe it's my lack of understanding, it, but it just seemed really bizarre and just seemed like kind of like a low point in the game and the, and the design. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, like we've said before, the uh, um, the baby Grogu, he's obviously in there. He's gonna get people to to drop coin if they're fans of the of the game or of the of the show. And the magnet makes sense, like because you know he's in the the show. He's like you know having the ball fly over to him. And stuff like that, the little like knob from the from the ship, stuff like that. So, theme wise, it makes sense, uh, but it's just yeah, yeah. Real estate on the pinball machine for what you get out of it. It's a, it's a there's a lot you're a lot you're not shooting on this game a lot of the times. Uh, the the only other thing gameplay wise, uh, I'll say is like yeah, I end up doing a lot of backhanding on this game. Um, I backhand the the left ramp and the right ramp and the little turnaround thing on the right. So. If you're playing it and you're struggling, try try doing some backhands, especially to that center, well, the left ramp, and uh, 
you'll uh i think you'll have a lot more success i think the ramp up to the mini play field's a satisfying shot yeah it feels great yeah, yeah. the um the shot to the scoop whether you backhand it or shoot it from the right flipper feels good it's mm-hmm. a good like nice thunk you landed in there sat it, like there's something to be said about when you hit a shot and how does it feel right which it's it's you got it until you shoot it you won't know what i mean right that that turnaround horseshoe like super jackpot those three shots there it's a cool design yeah. like i like i like how this game shoots overall so don't let my kind of criticisms dominate like i think it's a good layout yeah i like it it's it's trying something new and it's it's achieving an interesting layout uh that is still fun to shoot and it's not your standard like fan layout like i always i always appreciate that it's not just like oh you know here's your two ramps and and a bash toy have fun you know here's here's something new and interesting and 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 find your way around this play field and give you something new to explore as a as a player. Uh, Pin Island asks, "Wait, this is a first take, right? No, this is the actual <laughs> not impressions. It's a review as as seen by the uh, intro. Yeah, the, I think you're joking, yeah. but I just I'm glad you bring it up because yeah. right you, now you can never clarify enough. Really, you this, can't if you're just jumping in. If you skip the horror ahead in the video a little bit, yeah, review. Yeah. It also says in the threat in the stream title that this is a review. <laughs> okay, but th- thanks for confirming. Um, rules, man." What do you think of the rules? Um, this is kind of a straightforward mode-based game, so you know I'm not I'm not I don't own this game. I haven't you know spent hundreds of games on it, but you know you've got your modes, start the modes, finish the modes, go to a, a wizard mode for that. Then you've got the um, kind of the multi balls, which are um, you achieve the multi balls by hitting up the, the center dong shot, as Kevin calls it, whatever the guys. <laughs> Wherever the guy's uh, Mandalorian ship is called, yeah, that, that's the ship. Um, and the, there's the target. You on do the right you there. hit that shot a lot, then it starts a multi ball. Then you hit that shot again, it's then it starts to hurry up. Yeah, like then you shoot that ball again, and there's so there's like three multi balls associated with that, plus a bunch of hurry ups, and then the, there's a wizard mode associated with completing all that. And then the other um, objective in the game is going up to that like mini upper play field, um, completing all those a number of times, and then you go to mini wizard mode. So. There is, in some ways, a lot to do on this game. You've got a lot of modes, you've got multi-balls, and you've got the like the mini uh, play field thing. There's some multipliers in the game which don't get into, as far as I can tell, are, are very reasonably done. You're not getting into the realm of crazy. So I think the, the rules are pretty good. Um, in general, they're not terrible. I think from my understanding of it is it just seemed like very, kind of, it kind of gets into grindiness. Uh, the grind comes from a couple things. One, um, the way I've been playing this game is that there's that center shot, which is very safe. If you watch me in the video of that tournament, I hit it up there, and I trap it, and then I hit it up there again, and I trap it. I hit it up there again, and I trap it. Right, like you're. I don't know if I'm missing some things by not setting up like some awesome multipliers, but in just time, in terms of progressing through the game, I'm just kind of getting into a multi-ball, starting a mode, playing it that way. And then also the grindiness seems to be all that mini play field where it's like you got to have the mini play field lit. You got to hit that shot. Hope you get in the flipper. Hope you can get some wax on it. Then if it, first of all, if it dribbles out, then you got to do that again. Or if you even get a couple of shots on it, it quickly falls out. So this game gives me sort of some grindy Sopranos vibes to it. Like I think Sopranos is a fun game, but it becomes like a – it becomes kind of a, a grind fest as you get to the latter part of the game and you're just trying to get this one thing done and you're trying to hit this one shot over and over again, do this one thing. 
And I think it kind of gets really bogged down into into the mud where it's like, I like playing this game on location. It's cool, but I can never see myself owning this game, at least at the type of player I am, at, at my, my, my skill set, right, in playing pinball for 10 plus years. Yeah, uh, that the, my best game on it was around 700 million I scored. And I had gotten all, everything done except for the encounters, which is the shoot the left ramp, get it up top, try to hit the center, the, the targets on the mini play field. I was just like, I got so close. I was like, you just do it over and over and over again. And to me, that's not fun. It's like, this, you, yeah, very, and even with like the razor crest, like shoot the razor crest a hundred times. It's like, it's not, it's not inventive rules. It's, it's easy to understand, but it's for, to me, this is a very like mid level overall rules package it's mm-hmm. like it's not it's not like monsters right like monsters is like monsters bottom is terrible. super terrible. basic yeah um you're gonna get the wizard mode the first time you play it probably um this is like somewhere in the middle it's not like jurassic park or like avengers with like tons and tons to do this is somewhere in the middle um and you know it's it's fun for what it is like nick said i like playing it on location i like this um i like this more than i'm trying to think like it's like, like it's like I, I'm very like mid mid level on a lot of this. Like the art's really good, but like the rules are okay, and like the shots are really good, but you know the art and what or the uh, the sound is kind of meh. So it's like there's there's pluses and minuses all over this game. So, um, but but um, gameplay wise, rules wise, um, it's fun. But unless I don't I don't see there being a huge update to this in the future. Maybe it'll get like a Dwight Sullivan ghostbusters update at the end but that ended up making the game even worse in my my opinion so um for what you and you got to buy the game for what's there now so for what's there now it's fun is not great yeah um ben aka chrome candy says i feel like mando is more about building up the multiplier and then cashing in some big mode shots so i am i've always addressed this game by trying to play through it so maybe maybe that's it and maybe that's being lost on me i think a good game is when you can build up the multipliers kind of naturally like think walking dead you build up the multiplier by making shots and you can make like kind of any shot in the game to build up the multiplier right yeah um led zeppelin you're building up the multiplier by just hitting shots you would normally hit if you have to focus on specific shots in this game to build the multiplier and then suddenly you're stopping to do what the objective of the game is to build that up i don't think that's bad but I don't know. It does maybe like, as the type of player I am, it doesn't do it for me. Like I said, there, I don't know this game well enough in terms of like the multipliers and that to really comment too deeply on it. But I can talk about how you play through the game, and the play through the game becomes it breaks down into a grind fest later on into it. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So, what do you think, last ability wise, for Mando? Um, for for me, I could see. Again, this is a game I could see getting old. I mean, I got, I almost got to the end of the game already, only playing it like 20, 30 times. So, in my opinion, it's not going to have the last ability in in the home that uh, I would I would like. I was I was like having something more out there that I can do or like a different way to play it um, to keep to get me to buy a game, you know, drop new inbox money and and make you know possibly trade out a game I really like to uh to make room for it so it's got it's got a crush on all levels so um uh I don't see the last ability there for this one yeah I don't 
I don't either. Um, I think it's a good game to play on location. Like, I I like playing the game. Mm-hmm. I do too. Um, I just don't want to own the game. I don't. It, it doesn't seem like I want to jump into another game after playing a game. There are points in the game where I feel like I'm doing more work than just having the fun of playing it and hitting the shots in it. So, not a bad game, but last ability. I, Unless maybe you're a huge Mandalorian fan or, or something like that, then it's not it's not there for me. It's not there for me. Not not terrible by any stretch. So, um, Pin Island says, I guess we can both play this game. Um, rank of, uh, Avengers Affinity Quest, Led Zeppelin, Mandalorian, please for this uh, Noombox Stern buyer. Kevin, go ahead. I mean, I haven't played Avengers much, but it's the game I'm most interested in. So I'd probably put that first, and then Mando, and then Zap at the bottom. I so I've I've played Avengers Affinity Quest probably ten to twenty times. Um I've I only played the pro of Avengers Affinity Quest. Um so I would rank it Led Zeppelin Premium specifically, which might be cheating a little bit. But I don't think the I I don't know. I don't think it changes things that much. But Led Zeppelin Premium, um then Avengers and then maybe Mando. I would I would probably do it that way. I don't know. Avengers is a weird game. And I have like weird feeling about Avengers. Avengers is like the, m- the weird thing about Avengers is the more I play the game, the kind of less I like it. And that's never good. And then Chrome Candy and Chad had a different ranking. So goes to show. Let me see. He opinions o- are objective. I love when people own all of them. So let's read his. <laughs> he owns all of them. He can say the best. He's got, he sort of has no horse in the race, right? When you own them all, like that's like the most interesting thing. What if you don't own any of them? No, that's too. <laughs> that's that helps too. <laughs> He's spent more time than you and I on all these. Let's let's yep. be honest. Like so, there's something when you have it in a home environment, you can you can dig down deep. He says Led Zeppelin, Mando, and then Avengers: Infinity Quest. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Uh, like Ben, it's weird again. Like every time I play, like I when the first time I played Avengers: Infinity Quest, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then the more I play it, it's just like I don't know. It loses its sheen like remarkably fast. Whereas like Mando hasn't lost that. Like. I guess I kind of rather play Mando these days than that if I had to pick one of the two. Oh, man, you, really you know what I just realized? Uh, we never talked about Elwin's next game. We're talking about these Elwin games next. We can talk about it after the review. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> It'll be a, a spoiler at the end. Um, all right. Um, so I guess that brings us to our, our ratings of it. So let's go to the uh, go to the old Buffalo Pinball website and uh, scroll you down here. And give you our uh, rankings. So here you can see, like, this is our podcast page. And you can listen on Stitcher and Amazon and all that stuff now. So I just updated that. Um, so our rating key. Zero to two is a burn it. Three to five is an inexpensive nightlight. Six to eight is a solid game. Nine to ten. Get your wallets out. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I gave a seven and a half. Seven and a half. So that's that falls into uh, so this is a solid game. Mm. Not... Terribly remarkable, but it's a solid game. There's a lot of good merits to it. I can see why people like it. Um, again, it's like I see this on location. Happy to happy to put some money and play it. Will I be there playing it an hour from now? Unless I'm having an hour long game, probably not. <laughs> uh, but it's not a bad effort by Stern. I think there's there's definitely things to applaud in it. It's just uh, it doesn't rise above that seven and a half, like into even remotely buy territory for me. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a seven for me. It's a it's a fun game. Uh, like, you know, like we said, I don't need to recap the whole, uh, review, but there's a lot I like about it, but there's, you know, a lot that's just kind of like, eh, too. So it's like, you know, 
It, it's good, not great. It falls into the good, not great category as far as I'm concerned. All right, so that's our review of Mandalorian by Stern. All right, so I had teased that um, there was a little nugget about Keith Owens' next game since we've been talking about Avengers and all that. Um, but according to the uh, Stern Insider Pinball Podcast, George Gomez said Keith Elwin's game is coming in September. And his quote was, the September game is going to knock you on your ass. Wow, wow, George. Uh, the September game, which is an Elwin game, is just, I haven't seen anything like this in a while. Wow. It's cool. Okay. I mean, what, what would you, it's like Gary Stern, like, what's your favorite Stern game? The one that's on the line right now, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you sure. got to take it with a grain of salt coming from the company, right. but... I mean, George Gomez, he's made some great games. He knows a lot about uh, good game design. That's, that's so. high praise. And, you know, Keith, Keith's got a good record, a good track record. So. Yeah. Uh, the, the rumor is that it's going to be uh, uh, Godzilla. It's a cool theme. It's, like, cool it's theme. not like I'm a like Godzilla guy. You know, like yeah. some people are, like, but, like, that's a theme that, like, sounds, sounds good to me. Yeah. Let's and, have an awesome Godzilla game, can't yeah. we? Like, that's cool. Stern did uh, God, uh, well, when it was Sega, but still Stern. Stern. Yeah. Did Godzilla in the late 90s. People like that game still today. There wasn't a lot of it. So let's see. Maybe there's some homages to that. Um, yeah, because Keith is a huge fan of that game. The, the, he is, isn't he? I yeah, thought so. Like from tournament play. I thought like so. That, yeah. yeah. So I bet we're going to see I bet we're gonna see a nod to that and maybe yeah. some of the good elements of like, cool let's make get, a like, revamped the, one. We haven't done a game where there's all that multi-ball stacking like that for those huge jackpots. Yeah. Like Bram Stoker's or... Um, like that Godzilla, very similar in that in that vein. I have no doubt that Elwin's going to deliver on a good layout. Where the doubt comes in play is who's doing the coding and the presentation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, Avengers: Affinity Quest, which we'll review one. I don't know how to review that game. I just really, I almost want it in my home so I can yeah, just I need to play it more. Really, just bang my head against it. But like again, I'm not rallying against Avengers: Affinity Quest, but I'm just, it's kind of a weird. I just kind of reflect on. It's like, man, I just. Liking it less and less. Yeah. And I the, see why people get rid of it. The like, I see why they love sound. it at first and get rid of it. Yeah. Like, I get it. Callouts and sound are uh, so lacking in that game. It's just like, ooh, that's rough. And now that there's a new Elwin game on the horizon, it makes me less interested in Avengers, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah. Let's see what's next. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he, he puts out there. All right. Be a fun um, game. I think that's I think that's it for this episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, we're Buffalo Pinball on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can check out archives of the old uh, videos and streams that we do. We're on Facebook in a group, Buffalo Pinball. And uh, I just put down below us, I put Discord. Uh, it's down there instead of Steam now because we don't really do anything with the, the Steam group. Oh, so yeah. Discord.gg slash Buffalo Pinball if you want to join us in there. And uh, maybe you'll see Jay occasionally in there too. He's a... Uh, he, he offers financial advice for free. There's, by the way, there's a solid two and a half hours. Get your wallets out. Throw <laughs> some love. You can PayPal us at buffalopinballgmail.com. Let us know you love us. You can uh, donate through uh, Twitch. You can subscribe. You can do all that good stuff. You can uh, you can throw a comment down below, right? We didn't we didn't say it's your boy, uh, Nick Lane, this month. I but didn't. You can still, yeah. if you made it this far, leave us a comment. And say, yeah, I, I heard the whole podcast. And it sucked, or it was great, or you guys were totally wrong, or I totally agree. Why don't you Why don't you guys do this? Uh, we'll give you a kind of a question that was posed to us in the chat in the comments section. If you If you played all three games, you might want to elaborate how much time you spent on it. Context is good, but Avengers: Affinity Quest, Mandalorian, Led Zeppelin, put them in order. Rank them. There, rank there, them. there is there an objective go. rank, and you must rank them. 
Rank them in your head. In your in your head. Awesome. Board game um, brew. I'm sorry. There's really a lot on swearing this uh, yeah. this holiday. You, uh, I think I make it. I'm I'm just balancing the universe between last month. Yeah. Kind of chill. <laughs> you were pretty fired up. All right. So uh, that that's going to do it for the month. Uh, don't forget if you uh, listen to us on your podcast platform of choice, you can drop a review. It helps other people discover the show and uh, share it with a pinball friend of yours who who may, you think may like it as well. So until next time. Have a good uh, month, and we'll see you on the streams. All right.